0: What's up podcast world chat belding back at you this life ain't for everybody podcasts still in the great city of Kansas City the great city of Kansas City it's bigger than a town it's a badass place here and we're experiencing something that uh has truly been humbling to us we started the week in Denver with Zach Brown in the outdoor channel then we went to game fair up in minneapolis minnesota anoka area and we joined our family and friends of Yukonuba dog food up there at Eukanuba sporting dog had a live podcast up there and some seminars and then from there we ventured a little bit south to kansas city where we've uh met up with chad ward again and now we're going to talk about what we've been doing here so uh, my man well first let me just say that this episode is brought to you by our friends at traeger grills traegergrills.com check out their new line of grills that include the timberline the ironwood the pro series all of their accessories all of their pellets their rubs their sauces we love our partnership and relationship with traeger they become more like family here and um we are so lucky to have their support with what we do with all of our harvest and uh preparation of wild game i'm excited about that and today's episode is also brought to you by whiskey bent barbecue down in florida check out all of chad ward's line of rubs my favorite beef rub of all time now is the rocks he's got a couple new blends of the rocks coming out he's also got the bird the blazing bird the old-fashioned i'm talking guys from pork to chicken to vegetables we've even had the old-fashioned on some peaches that we smoked out on the traeger and then put some whipped cream and old-fashioned and agave sauce on there and it blew our mind so Check him out, whiskeybentbarbecue.com, and uh, I'm 100% certain that that brand is going to do bigger and better things with his tie-ins of everything he does with sports and MMA and rodeo and country music and backyard barbecue, barbecue competitions. We're fired up for Chad Ward and Whiskey Bent Barbecue. And that's going to do it for our sponsors today. Without further ado, let me bring in the man right now, Mr. Whiskey Bent Barbecue himself, Chad Ward. What's up, my brother from another mother?
1: Dude, man, good to be here. Just still kind of on cloud nine after uh, the last 36 hours, dude. Amazing.
0: Well, what do you mean? We're, we started in Denver, and then we, I mean, it's hard to get over. 41,000 people at Field. Oh, no,
1: that was amazing. Um, you know, I had a chance to watch, uh, watch Zach perform last year at Safeco i love the fact that he loves doing these stadium tours um it's killer to me and uh that that was fun great time and then uh you know julie and i met up with you down in down at uh, denver and, um for that zach brown concert holy smokes dude that i mean obviously we're always fortunate you know to be able to be close but do you, you just turn around and look around that place and my goodness man it was uh, it was unreal
0: yeah, I mean, Lucas Nelson, Willie's son, opens for him, and then Zach comes out. And what I love about the Zach Brown Band is that they're, they don't hide the fact that they've been inspired by several different you know genres of music and you see it in their stage show with the covers and they've been blasted on on social media from the haters of they're just a cover band i'm like no they're really not because they have so many originals 15 or 16 number one hits they've won grammys they know exactly what they're doing when it comes to songwriting and producing but their stage show the theatrics of it the musicianship i mean you take clay cook and coy boils and matt mangano and zach and big john and chris and and daniel and jimmy I mean, you have a, a group of musicians that are trained yeah. and they can absolutely jam, right?
1: Yeah, no, no. And that's the fun part, too, is it's like, you know, you can get there and you can you can do a whole bunch of where it's almost like listening to CDs. But being able to see their personality, what inspired them, um, what's helped make the Zach Brown Band what it is, uh, you know, all members included. It's great. No, I, I love kind of... It's almost like they're telling you their backstory. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean... But you're, through music, through, through their craft.
0: Yeah, and I mean, one minute you're watching... and they, the, Everything from the Beastie Boys sabotage to Bulls on Parade, um, you know, by Rage Against the Machine. You got Metallic in there. You got Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, Charlie Daniels Band. They yep. come and do James Taylor, an acoustic set with a piano and a guitar. I mean, and then on top of that, you got Free and Colder Weather and Chicken Fried and, and Highway 20 Ride, and it, you you you... I've seen him do Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen Live, and it it blows the doors off.
1: Yeah, I've seen that one, too. And then, then obviously, um, for people that haven't been... To this tour yet, a lot of new music. I think Zach played what three or four cuts from the, yeah, the, the new album about to release. Yeah, he's so. got a,
0: he's got a new album coming out here uh, in, on September 20th, and the the new single that they just put out was Warrior last week. But they also have a man I used to know and leaving love behind that you can pre order right now. And uh, I love I'm liking the new music a lot.
1: I like it too. I think uh, I think it was, I think it was really cool and just kind of an extension and a growth of the brand
0: and what what was your favorite part of that show that
1: night um i would say i mean i'm a big fan i I like free it's probably one of my favorite favorite songs of theirs so i mean I, i really enjoyed that one how about you
0: I think "Free" is probably my all-time favorite song, but when I'm in Denver and knowing what that setting is, with the Rocky Mountains as our backdrop, I love that verse in colder weather. You know about Colorado and yep. and, and 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 being a rambling man, and the crowd goes nuts. I mean, they literally gave Zach a five-minute five-minute standing ovation yes. on
1: that song. Yep,
0: yeah, the 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 whole aura when they're doing the standing ovation, and Zach's literally out on one of the catwalks, the runways that come off the stage, and he's. Just standing there, and he's just got his hand over his heart, like accepting it. Just like, look at the love and admiration yeah. this crowd has for him.
1: And have you ever thought, like, what it's like to to stand there, you know, stand out there and look over forty one thousand people that appreciate what you do? Think about it. I mean, I mean, that's unreal. I mean, unru- I, mean that, I don't know, man. That, that just gives me goosebumps. You know what I mean? Oh, it's amazing to me. Yeah,
0: and and I I just everything that they do and how they welcome us in and. Oh. It's like the common denominator again was hunting, and then it turns into barbecue. Zach's had a huge passion for barbecue and cooking and grilling, and they just welcome us in with owners. That day I podcast with his bass player, Matt Mangano, and I sat there with him for an hour and 50 minutes, and all we did is talk about how truly talented that band is, but how much of a family they are.
1: Yeah. Well and, and I think you've gotta have that to to have that longevity. You know what I mean? To be able to survive and be able to, to be a band like that and go out on the road every single summer. You know I mean, if you don't enjoy being around each other, it's a freaking grind.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, and they don't have any turnover. They've had that band yeah. together since like 08. Yep. Matt Mangano's like the newest member of the band. Him, or, I think he's the newest, yeah, for sure. And he's been there since 13, I believe. But I'm talking like every time I hear their songs, and I see them a lot during the yeah. year. And a lot of people are like, how many concerts do you need to go to? And I probably don't need to go that many. It's a, it's part of what we do with our entertainment and our, sure. you know, in, in, in maintenance with our partners. But they absolutely rip dude
1: yeah they do and, and they're and they're just a lot of fun guys to hang around and we I mean we, and we gotta thank another Chad too I mean our boy c Payne, he does a, a he's a great guy and, and he's you know done a lot to help foster that relationship on both of our sides you know what I mean and um and and so that's cool and you know I had the opportunity to to cook for Zach last year around the holidays uh, down at our buddy Brad's place already got invited back to do it again this December and it's fun man and, and he loves talking food and cooking oh, I mean, yeah. Zach does huge. I mean he's yeah like you said huge passion for
0: it yeah and I mean he used to cook a lot with that Georgia clay and that yeah. Southern ground line of rubs and stuff that he has and I, I've been around many campfires and he's very creative when it comes to cooking
1: yeah he's got a, he's got a chili I had to leave. Uh, a day early, but he ended up cooking chili the next day. Had a little bit of chocolate in it, and everybody I talked to said it was pretty unique chili. Really? Yeah.
0: Put chocolate in chili? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Just like it melted a Hershey bar into it or something? Or no, cocoa like, like powder? Good,
1: good chocolate, like a like a 90% cocoa chocolate. It just adds a bunch of richness to it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's a spicy And, and even too. a hair bit of bitter. So, yeah, if, if you go real spicy on your chili, but then you take that bitter, rich chocolate and add it into it it kind of eases it down but you still get the spice tones.
0: Yeah, what about Denver as a whole though? The whole the the stadium there and how how badass that city is laid out, man. You talk about a cool valley. Dude, you cool. spend a lot of time there, don't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: I do, man, and, and I love Denver. Denver's an awesome area and then even if you get 45 minutes an hour outside of Denver and you get into Evergreen or then, you know, you're not too far at all from Rocky Mountain National Park. You know what I mean? What a gorgeous place that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and then you know two two hours out of there you got bear lake and just all these amazing places that you can go check out but i i love denver it's a great town it's a clean town that downtown area where coors field was i mean we had a couple of cocktails you know a couple different bars beforehand i mean it's just a cool place to be able to to just hang out and just you know a great venue and I, i really enjoy it
0: yeah they they were uh The hunting around there is awesome. I've fished with Zach up there. I've hunted with a lot of people in that area, just north of Denver, uh, downtown Denver on I-25 towards Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then everything east of there towards the airport. That's called the front range of Colorado and the goose hunting. And and there is some duck hunting, but it's known for its Canada goose hunting. But that's what brought me to going to Denver. I've been to Denver religiously every year for a lot of days every year since 2000. And that's what brought me there was just I, I met this guy at a goose calling contest. He's like, come up and hunt. And I went up there and I'm like, are you kidding? Me. And it's amazing how many freaking birds are in that area. So how then-
1: far outside of the city do you have to go to, like, get get in them?
0: Dude, I've hunted literally like five miles north of Denver off of I-25, and now a lot of the fields that we would hunt 10 years ago they've are congested, but you know, just a little bit out of that, you can still hunt. That's what Denver's known for, that yeah. whole front range of Colorado is you can literally see traffic and houses, and people are always, oh, you're hunting domestic geese, and I'm like, no, they're not domestic geese. They're wild geese. That, right. that's, they've been going to that area for so long, right? Well, yep. That front range was always corn and, and, and agriculture and and different cropland and then these houses start to come out of Denver and, and south of there to the springs, and then the new airports that out there. That sprawl, used, yeah. It just sprawls out, but there's still a lot of agriculture, and mm-hmm. what happens is, a lot of the, you know, when you drive through a subdivision, right? Yeah. You always have ponds, yep. and on those ponds, they have usually have some sort of waterfall or some kind of fountain in the middle, so yeah. what does that do? That aerates it, it keeps the water open, so even as cold as it gets on the Front Range of Colorado, those ponds are open, those geese, woof! Same yeah. things happen in Wichita, Kansas now, but those geese get in those in those suburbs, and then there's They can't eat the grasses around the pond to survive right when it gets cold so they got to venture out into the cropland and that's how you hunt colorado is you're in cornfields that are surrounded by houses that aren't congested area yet so that's what brought me there i love going there i have a lot of friends and family in that area and zach's been there three out of the i see him every other year there i usually see him every year at fenway and every other year at Coors. he plays Coors field in denver almost every other year and those stadium shows i've seen him at wrigley in chicago can you imagine Uh,
1: that's the one i was that was last year wasn't it
0: Oh, was it last year? It was 17, so two years two ago. Two
1: years ago. I was so jelly when you were there, dude. I was like, dude, Wrigley. And then Fenway this year, you know, got the invite, but it's going to be it, – it's a Friday-Saturday show, which is right in the middle of the, the kickoff of, of college football season. Yeah, end of this labor, month, Labor Day week. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that's I, – I hate that I'm going to miss that, but if, if I didn't have an obligation, I would definitely be there. Because, I mean, Fenway, what a ballpark. And then oh. you put a badass, you know, badass band like that on stage there. Jeez. Are
0: you kidding me? Fenway yeah. Park? Yeah. Dude, I get to do the tour. I've signed the Kaminsky pole and and uh, down left field line and got and and I've I've seen, you know, Wakefield comes to the shows. I've seen so many like of the ex Red Sox because yeah. the real the you know the current Red Sox are like just like in Colorado. They're obviously the Rockies are on the road and that's why they get to use Coors Stadium yeah. at the Coors Field at that time, but. We leave Denver after an unbelievable concert. And I do want to say thank you to Chad Payne. Chad Payne's become one of my best friends yep. in the world. Great guy. He facilitates so much, you know, and our working relationship is so key in what we do because we are very fortunate and humbled to be able to take, you know, you get, you get to take a, a partner or you get to take a friend or somebody mm-hmm. and family and the VIP treatment they give us. We don't take it for granted. No. We're, we're very, Felt like,
1: very fortunate every time it happens.
0: Yeah. And Chad knows that we're very honored to do it. We're very polite. And we give back too. So it's a two way relationship and we and Chad's just one of those guys that continuously is, you know, looking for creative ways. Like this month we're going to do a big cook with you guys in Arkansas. Not yeah. this month, but in October and yep. this year. So have being able to go into Arkansas and, 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 and have four Traegers backstage cooking a ton of barbecue, and then feed Zach's crew and feed the banded crew, and I mean it's unbelievable.
1: No, it, it's it's great, and that's really what it's all about. You know what I mean? Is is getting that that family together, being able to have some food together have a good time great music i mean where else would you rather be yeah and and so
0: as far as that when you say great music you've got to do this for some some studs like al dean and paisley and and who all who all you've been you've cooked with dave grohl you've cooked with tim montana yeah you just got a grill with travis tritt you got to grill out to him we talked to john daly today i mean the crossover is amazing but as far as music goes you've got to do a lot of cool cooking in backstage areas
1: yeah just recently we did uh we did jason Aldean again i think that was the third Time um, they were in Salt Lake, and I just happened to be there that weekend. So I had a couple of Trigger folks come out, and we this one though th- this was a challenging cook because I uh, I put the briskets on Snake River Farm briskets the night before, and then I couldn't get back in the office at Salt Lake City until 8 a.m. Got there at 8 a.m. We'd had a bad rainstorm. G gfi the power. No way. So got there at 8 a.m. to a 60 degree brisket. No. So what do you do, buddy? You move them briskets up to the middle of the rack of the timber line, and you go hot and fast, 375, got them done, 15-pound briskets, 375 degrees, done in six hours.
0: And, and that still makes for a good oh, cut? That was
1: deli- I'll tell you what, it's probably one of the best briskets I've cooked this year. Really? And it was, it was Snake River? Snake River, three of them. I only go hot and fast like that if I'm using a prime brisket that I've injected the heck out of. Or if I'm using a Wagyu brisket, really, uh, because th- that's the only way you have enough fat to sustain a really good product at that super hot and fast time and temp. What does Wagyu mean? So, so Wagyu is a breed. So, Wagyu is pretty much a, a, a breed. It's our U.S. version of Kobe beef. So, we're we're you know you're taking Japanese Kobe, you're mixing it with domestic cattle, and then that's creating. Uh, what what we call over here american waigu.
0: and when you talk about kobe beef are they are they genetically yes f- they're fatter
1: yes yeah they're, the way they are they're genetically de- 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 uh, genetically deposed to ha- uh just having more marbling and having more intermuscular fat um and that's just part of the breed so when you when you see that and you take that at a very high level and cross it with domestic, you still just get so much more of a marble product.
0: And what does this do as far as when if you have a so they bring the cow from Japan, correct? Right. So, co- so that,
1: that that happened decades ago, and so they bring that over and they then start to breed it. Obviously, everything right now is artific- are, uh, artificially inseminated. Um, so they'll just you know take the sperm from that. Put it into and and then they have done their genetic testing to understand their strongest domestic cattle to to inseminate with, and then that's how you end up creating a, a magnificent herd like Snake River Farms has created with their American, American Wagyu herd.
0: So when you buy a Snake River Farms brisket or you go on their website snakeriverfarms dot great partners of us here um, through Traeger and through Whiskey Bent, you're looking at something that they actually have a ranch that has a herd of these cattle yeah. on it that they, they manage it and they grow these and they, I mean, they're massaging them, right. And whispering like secrets to them but and stuff from what I heard. The so. massaging
1: and the whib- whisperings may be a little bit of a, uh, but, but it's, in, it's interesting man, they're free range cattle. So you go out there, I've been out there before Hollis, Washington. Um, and, and it is, it is cool up there. Um, and literally you just have this 14,000 acres that these steer are just roaming on. Um and and the one thing about Wagyu is you would think like with them being that marbled that they would just be like these like if you ever look at like a limousine or some of the different domestic breeds we have Herefords real muscled up you know what I mean dude you look at a Wagyu cow and you're like dude this is the the the, the sloppy kid on the playground really like, like not much muscle tone to them Chad they they have these big floppy ears really kind of dumpy looking but. They produce amazing tasting beef.
0: But why is, do they, are they, I mean, I guess the less muscle is, would be better than meat, right? Because they're not, they're not exercising a bunch. They're not making stuff. But but, but they
1: do, they travel a lot. So it's interesting because that's the, the breed that is just creating that marbling. So, I mean, they're still, you know, traversing all over the hills and the mountains. And so it's not like they just lay there all day and eat, but it's, it's really interesting. And, And the other thing, I mean, you've talked about this before when we've talked about the difference. But domestic cattle, pure domestic cattle, can only stay on feed for about 150 to 180 days. After that, all it does is put on rear fat, you know, just fat that's not marbling. Um, Goo cattle can go up to 500 days on feed and still take on internal marbling. So when you do that, people are always like, well, why is weigoo three times, you know, pricier? pricier? Well, well that's what, for people that have had kids... You know what it takes to feed a kid. If yeah. it takes three times longer, you gotta charge three times as much. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's um that's kind of where that price difference comes in. But I always say, I mean, I, I realize everybody can't eat uh, you know, Snake River or Wagyu for for every meal, but it definitely is a special occasion type food. I mean, if you want to cook a good brisket and impress somebody, you need to start with the best.
0: Or a ribeye.
1: Or a ribeye, yeah. Or
0: a tri tip. And what Which we
1: cooked a couple of uh here the last couple
0: of days. what was the other thing we cooked? The steak? The bruschetta, oh, the the uh, bavette, bavette. Now what yeah. is it? That's just part of uh, the tenderloin. It, it, it comes
1: off, it, It's right behind the tenderloin, out of the sirloin.
0: Is that real cut of meat? Is yeah. uh, does every butcher? B a v
1: e t t e.
0: So you could go to another place besides Snake River, yeah. and you could find that at a butcher yeah. shop. Just go get me a bavette, yeah. And that's what they're going to give you. Now is that known it, when you do when you get that off of just a regular domestic cow in America? Yeah. Is it is it still a good cut of meat?
1: Oh, it, it's good. It, it, it's still going to be nice and tender. The marbling may not be as strong um but it's still going to be a good cut a nice tender cut just because of where it comes off the animal and it's not a heavy working muscle
0: it's yeah so it's kind of like the tenderloin in yeah. the back strap yeah. that's yeah. why everybody wants that off an elk or a deer or whatever but yeah so after we after we left denver we went myself i went to minnesota with Yukonuba and game fair up there and had a blast with the Yukonuba family and you went to florida back home for a few days to run your store
1: 36 hours
0: and we end up meeting back here in Kansas yeah. City to be with somebody you grew up playing baseball. I grew yep. up playing baseball. George Brett is one of both of our heroes. We both got the podcast with George Brett today. Yeah,
1: it was it was amazing, man. You know, I've always looked up to George. I mean, like I like I said on the podcast we did earlier today. I mean, just always admired his hustle, his grit. Um, one of the best. And I, and I was a left-handed hitter too, and so one of the best. Pure, you know, him, Rod Carew, Tony Gwynn, all in that same. You know, Brooks Robinson, all in that same vein of just pure, amazing left-handed hitters. You know, some of the best of all time. Um, and that. And, and you had told me before, because you, you've had a relationship with George, and you're like, dude, you're going to be blown away. Like, one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. And he exceeded that. You know what I mean? Just, uh, I have well, never I saw met. I you tonight after yeah, the game. Yeah, I've, I've never met a kinder. And, and, and you know what? You know, it was funny. People kept walking in that suite tonight. And all I wanted to talk about was what we cooked last night. Mm-hmm. You know, old, bragging on him. Oh, poor Tony, man. He he was probably sick of hearing about all the food from the night before, but 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 ended up getting him sold on the trigger. Yeah, I heard him come up. Got, to him, you. A, got, got him a little deal today. So yeah, so that's that. But but that's what it's about. And um, you know, just had all, you know had all George's you know, some of Georgia's sons over, and. Friends And it it was just an amazing time. One of the
0: first things George says is, you've got to be kidding me. You cannot grill a steak on a Traeger. It's a smoker. I said, George, I promise you. And I was talking out of my ass a little bit because, you know, I've I've really been trying to nail down that reverse sear method that you taught me. And I've been really kicking some butt on it, especially with tri-tips. But I'm like, George... I'm telling you, wait till you taste this. So now the pressure's on you because I turn to you and I go, hey, I just told George, yes, you can grill a steak. And you go, don't worry about it. And so before we get to the reaction, standing around that counter, which was some of the coolest times of my life. Absolutely. You you talk about just eating a full meal without sitting down with no plates, nothing. I'm talking people. You were barely getting the blade through the meat and it was gone.
1: But... I was worried I was going to cut a couple people's fingers. Yeah, I know. they getting them in there so quick. <laughs> so
0: the things that we cooked up here from Snake River were a brisket, a Wagyu brisket, a Wagyu tri-tip, a Wagyu bavette, br- br- yep. be- be- yep. be- and then we cooked the pork short ribs. Yep. And then, and then after we did after the pork short ribs, we come back with the peaches, the asparagus, the red peppers, yeah. a bunch of different sides. But let's start with the tri-tip. Okay. The tri-tip wagyu is full of fat, full of marbling. It is absolutely delicious. And tell me the exact method that you cooked that tri-tip with today.
1: Oh, it was um, it was it was it was pretty simple, Chad. It, you know, it just gets back to that reverse sear.
0: And in, in, in what is it?
1: it- so, so reverse, so I, I take, pull the tri-tip out of the fridge, um, season it up with the rocks, let it, uh, let it sit at room temp. I think we let that one sit about an hour. And let that, you know, n- not using any binder. Or- Stop
0: right there. You always hear people say this. I'm not interrupting you, Warren, because I know you know this like the back of your hand. You're going to know exactly the, where to pick up. But you got your meat. You, know, you go to work all day and you got your meat in the refrigerator. Let's say you either bought it fresh yep. or you took it out the night before from the freezer or you stopped by the butcher shop that day and got it out of the refrigerator, mm-hmm. you know, the refrigerator section. Why is it so important to get that meat to room temperature before you start the cooking pr- process?
1: Well, and I don't even say you got to get all the way to room temperature, but you want that cold to break a little bit you don't want it to be 38 40 you know I I like for it to be you know 55 and up Um, and that's really for a couple reasons one you want that seasoning to kind of bond with the meat Um, that that's a big one there the other one is you don't want to get it too warm because meat's only going to take on smoke for so long uh, up to certain internal temperatures so we don't want to get it too, too warm, but at the same time we want that rub to really kind of melt into the meat. So that's what we did was 225, uh, or we got it out, rubbed it with the rocks, and then uh, set the grill at 225. If you have a Ironwood or a, a Timberline, we like to use a super smoke setting. It just puts three, four X amount of smoke in the cook chamber at that, at that time. And then just let it roll till it hits 115. So I just take my leave-in thermometer, from the Traeger, put it in there turn the app on set an alarm for 115 once it hits 115 it lets me know i go out there with my thermopin kind of poke around a couple different spots and make sure it's a true 115 pull it off crank the grill up to 500 once it gets to 500 let it sit there four or five minutes let those stainless steel grates get super super hot and then sear off about three minutes each side until it hits a finished temperature about 130, 132 for medium rare.
0: So when you say sear, how, how hot do you want to get the grill? You, you, have, you have the grill on Super Smoke 225 until it gets to how hot? About, one, about 115 internal. 115 internal, which yep. takes about how long um, on a tri-tip? I would say on,
1: a, on an average tri-tip, you know, three, three and a half pounds, that's going to take anywhere from 60 to 75 minutes.
0: So an hour, hour and 15 minutes, you're in the business. Now you take this and you take it off of that grill. Take or it you, off. Okay. So a lot of people don't have a second grill. Right. Though, or let second yep. Traeger going. Okay. So I want to ask you this. If they don't, is it smarter to take it off and let it sit while that grill warms up to 500? Or can you have a, 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 a regular traditional stovetop with, a, with a, a set of... You know, you know iron, some like skillet. cast iron yep. skillet on there. That's a way to do it too, right? You,
1: you could obviously do it that way. So
0: the point is, is you want to have something with a really, really hot surface yep. at 450 to 500 degrees. Yep. And you want to kind of flash fry, you know, just yep. sear is what we call. It. But yep. you're just kind of like putting it on there like seared tuna and hitting it for three minutes, turn it over three minutes. And what's that doing?
1: So so that's a, that's that crust that we all love, like that, that, that texture that makes a, a great steak a great steak. And it's called the Maillard reaction. Um, my hard reaction is when proteins caramelize at a higher heat. So that's what we're going for there is, is that flavor, that caramelization of proteins that just makes it so damn good. <laughs>
0: So is there, it doing anything to the end? I know it's making the internal temperature rise a little bit, yep. but is it doing anything to talk a little bit about what you've touched on before with the cell makeup and the cell, the, the, you know, how it's all how the cells release and all of that and what that's doing inside the meat?
1: Yeah, so it, it's it's you know it's helping you tenderize a little bit. So the reason I like searing at the end instead of the beginning is I don't like taking a cold or room temp piece of meat and throwing it on a really hot fire. Because when that happens, what happens is the muscles tense up they, just, they destroy the cellular structure, and the cells contain water. So what I prefer to do is let that go in at 225, let those muscles really open up, and now when we go to sear, we get the best of both worlds. We don't shock the meat, and we also get that myriad reaction that gives us that beautiful crust.
0: So this is called the reverse sear method. Reverse sear method. And did you come up with this, or did I you did learn not. It?
1: I not. I, I learned it, and uh, I'm just probably one of the biggest advocates of it. Why? Um, just because I, I think it just produces so much better product. Um, I do it with thick cut pork chops. Me and George were talking about that last night because he loves cooking thick cut pork chops. Um, so I do it with tri tip, I do it with steaks. You can even do it on a nice big chicken breast. The chicken breast we had today was kind of a reverse here type cook. God was that juicy. That yeah, was really good.
0: So I forgot all about today we did a tomahawk and chicken breast. Yep. The tomahawk was from Snake River Farms and then George went over and grabbed some chicken breast. Those were that one was a thigh and one was a, a, a breast, or what were what were those cuts of chicken today?
1: Oh, that we did a thigh and a breast
0: and and so on this we'll get to the chicken in a second so just now you mentioned that when you first took that tri-tip out you put on what you call the rocks yep and we want to talk a little bit about what makes a good rub i want to really get into there's so many choices when it comes to rubs and seasoning salts and is it just going in there and pulling the wool over the customer's eye, Chad? That this is different than Tony Chasseries, or this is different than than Meat Church, and Meat Church is different than M- Meat Mitch, and Meat Mitch is different than DivaQ, and and that's different than the Traeger Rub. I mean, what gives?
1: So for me, it's I just went back to what's tried and true. I just went back to what was successful for me on the competition circuit. What's been successful for me feeding folks that they've enjoyed, and then just tweaked it up into, you know, with my co-packer into some larger batches so we could do bigger productions. So these are all tried and true recipes that, that have my fingerprints all over them. Um, and so there's a lot of great rubs out there. And I always tell people, you, 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 if you like barbecuing, you should have several different brands of rubs in your, in your arsenal. So I don't want everybody just to exclusively my, use my stuff, nothing like that. But these are tried and true. They're great flavors. And before I put my name on them, I got to make sure that they're something that I'm proud of that people are going to enjoy.
0: And we, when you talk about knowing what is going to go good with beef, okay, like I tell everybody, okay, because what Chad said, try this on your beef or your deer steaks, right? Yep. So I take the rocks and I put on beef and I'm like, what the freak? This is unreal. It tastes like it's got butter on top of it. It tastes like it's been marinated on some. I'm like, this is dry rub. And people are like, you're full of shit. That ain't just a dry rub. So how do you know what needs to go into a beef
1: rub? So you you just kind of sit down and and you look at what complements beef. Well, beef's hearty. It's rich. So, yes, being able to have some butter tones, being able to have some Worcestershire tones um, to kind of help break that up and enhance that a little bit obviously you're going to go savory. you're not going to be much down the sweet side when it comes to beef maybe a hint of turbinado sugar in there just to give it one more level a little bit of sweetness but not to overpower it um to me on on beef the reason you'll notice the rocks is a pretty thick grind is i like that i like that texture when you go to sear and you've got that little bit of crunch on top of the sear to go with it um so that's kind of the things when i sit down and look at hey this is how i want to make this and i and red meat rub because i think it goes well with venison and elk also, um, along with beef. So when I sat down and kind of was creating it, that's really where where my thoughts and my emphasis was at. And so
0: what? how long does it take when you go to the drawing board for a beef rub? Are you in there for months to design yeah, this, or do you already have an idea? Well,
1: you've got an idea from what I use in competitions. Um, and then trying to make it, you know, because one thing, and I've talked about this on your show before, is when it comes to competition, you have to remember that's one-bite barbecue that judge is not going to take one bite. So you want to tone down a couple of things so that people can actually enjoy eating a full steak or eating two or three ribs and not just one bite of a rib. You know what I mean? So it's taken flavor profiles and ingredients that I've been successful with and then making that to where it's more backyard than competition. Um, I will tell you the, the rocks was probably a six to eight month process. um, that's the longest one. We just got done. We've got two that we'll talk about here in a minute. And uh, from the time we conceptualized it, planned it out, started batching it up, it'll end up being about a good four, four and a half months. So we've gotten better as we've got four under our belt and two more about to come out. Um, but still, it's it's one of those things that I just don't want to rush it. You only get one chance to make a first impression. And uh, I want people to get that product to go. Damn man, you outdid yourself!
0: And so, what's the response been to the rocks so far? It's,
1: uh, the, the, the the whole line's been amazing, um, but the rocks is you know I, I, you know you say it all the time, and and I get it from so many people that it is the best beef rub or red meat rub they've ever used, and uh, to me that's that's amazing. Um, makes me makes me super proud. Um, so that that one that one in the old fashioned. Are right neck and neck as the top two. The old fashioned is not a rub. That's like that's like something <laughs> that you just eat with a spoon. Pixie dust. <laughs> I haven't even started thinking about that. But
0: remember at Lake Tahoe, people were literally passing it around yes. with a spoon. It in their hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you put it on those peaches last night. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so yeah, last night on the peaches, we just did a little bit of a. We, we cut the peaches in half, pulled the pits out, um, had that grill up to 500 degrees, uh, dunked the face of the peaches that was uh, cut into some turbinado sugar and then uh when we got done with them they had that nice you know sear on them and 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 one thing to always remember when you're cooking fruit is you're dehydrating a little bit so it it increases what what they call the bricks level which makes it if it's a sweet fruit it makes it much sweeter if it's a sour fruit like a grapefruit it makes it much more sour um and then we got out the old ready whip uh some agave nectar and some old fashioned, and mix that up and topped them with them and uh Shit, I think people like that one just as much as they liked all the beef we ate last Glass. Are you
0: shitting me? (laughs) This just came off the same grill that cooked that fricking tri-tip. Yep, yep. He's like and it cooked the asparagus and the bell peppers yeah. on there too. And and I go, George, don't forget the bread. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> this a freaking bread. Yeah. He was so freaking fired was great, up. Man. But think about that. I mean, you don't that's traditionally you don't do that on a grill.
1: Well, and, and that's what we talk about with the trigger. And I think, you know, when when you looked at what George had there, um he has an ABS, which is a uh, you know, a, a real kind of, uh, you know, competition type, you know. Smoker, right? Yeah, hardcore smoker type uh, guy. Uh, he had a big green egg and he had an Al Fresca gas grill. Well, none of those had the versatility of a trigger. Right. And so it, it's almost like you got to re educate somebody, you know, and, and let them know, you know, no, look, look at the versatility of this. I mean, we, we, we say it's six and one and, and you can. You can do so many things on it. And I think he was floored when I told him my last three Thanksgivings. Everything that went on that Thanksgiving table came off a trigger. Everything everything
0: and I love doing that yeah I love like opening that door that the door on a Traeger and seeing every rack lined with something I mean I've had jalapenos yeah I've had corn on the cob I've had asparagus Brussels sprouts I mean we use those oyster beds you know from Mm -hmm. Louisiana we've got oysters on those we have scallops on those then you got your beef on there you might have some pork chops and chicken you might have wild game and duck breast and deer it's like one of those things where Traeger's like giving you like this sense of accomplishment yeah like it really does it's different in grilling on a on a charcoal grill or and i'm not saying that you can't make food taste good on other things it's just that george said it best he says dude when i was grilling on that one there smoked on that one there i couldn't leave
1: yeah you, you couldn't leave or your smoke's gone yep yeah and, and, and this i mean he, i think he was just enamored that he was able to put that brisket on at 7 a.m and we didn't touch it till three o'clock not once yeah and it was beautiful and that was just a wrap all oh, that
0: bark i mean it, it was it was gorgeous gorgeous what, when you talk about a brisket, now let's move on to the brisket. On and we got to give some props to our boy Mitchy. Yeah, talk Mitch, to me about Mitchy. So Mitch quick.
1: Benjamin, uh, owner of uh, Meat Mitch uh, here in Kansas City, has been the pitmaster for the Royals and George Brett for years. And one of the things I got excited about was, you know, when when you call and you say, "Hey, we're going to go cook for George," and he's going to bring his pitmaster, I'm like, "Oh, you mean Mitch?" Yeah. And uh, me and Mitch usually only get to see each other once a year is here in Kansas City at the American Royal. And uh, and usually, man, the American Royal is like the biggest barbecue competition in the country. But it's this big reunion of all of us barbecue guys. So you really only ever get 10, 15 minutes to, ca- to, to catch up, to, to do this, to do that. And I got to spend more time with Mitch the last two days than I have ever in my life. And just a fun dude, great guy, great brand. You know, we're sitting here right now looking at his uh, his new naked seasoning uh, that's not out yet, but it will be out soon. It's very keto and paleo friendly. Um, and, and I've used Mitch's stuff. Gosh, you know, his sauce and his, his sauce and his rubs um, probably for, gosh, since I've had the store open, so five and a half, six years. Um, sells well in the store. Love it. Uh, our good buddy Matt Pittman's also a huge Meet Mitch fan, and uh, and just a nice guy. Any fun to hang around, man? Funny oh, dude. God, he's funny. All kinds of personality. When he's you, a
0: you know right away when you have a connection with somebody. I'm like, I like this dude. Yeah,
1: absolutely. How can't you not? I mean, he's just cool. Super cool. He's dude. taking us on
0: Thursday, the day after tomorrow. He's taking us to lunch at the Char House, which is his restaurant here, a barbecue joint. Char bar, yeah the char bar yeah char bar have you been there
1: i have been me and uh me and Pittman went and ate there last year when we were here for the royal strong yeah really good place what do you recommend um i don't really think you can go wrong he kind of brought us out a little uh sampler platter of everything so we we kind of we kind of got a taste of all of it and i didn't have anything that i wouldn't go back for seconds
0: so before we get on this brisket Okay, I want to go back to the Char Bar. I love Meet Mitch, and he's been awesome to hang with. He's been friends with George since 97. Wow. He's been to freaking Taylor Swift concerts with George Brett at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm like, really? George Brett went to Taylor Swift? George didn't even really want to admit it, but I do love Uh T-Swift. But let's just go real quick. Not real quick. Let's take 10 minutes and talk about – let's talk about – Barbecue region, regional barbecue, regional okay. barbecue. Yeah. Okay, so we're in Kansas City, which yep. is Arthur Bryant's. Then you've got your favorites around here. Arthur Bryant's is a staple, in my sure. opinion. You have down, you know, down around St. Louis. You have a different barbecue. You hear of St. Louis ribs, right? It, you have St. Louis ribs. Is is that a beef rib or is that a pork rib?
1: So St. Louis rib is a is a cut. So it's when you take a spare rib and and cut it down to a St. Louis style rib, or you kind of get that. Technically, untechnically, turn what I call the riblet off the top and make a nice uniform rack out of some spare ribs.
0: Okay, so that's the St. Louis barbecue, right? Yep. That's what St. Louis is known for. Yep. Then and then you go down I fifty five into Memphis, which is a completely different barbecue, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So Memphis is more of your uh, dry rub. Um, you know, a lot. Wait, of-
0: I'm just doing the regions, and then I want to yep. get into the difference. But re- Memphis is a barbecue capital. right? A- absolutely, it's got its own barbecue. Absolutely. And yes. then so Kansas City, St. Louis.
1: Yep. You, Memphis, you,
0: you, and now you go into Texas.
1: Well, you got Texas too. You got to respect the Carolinas. Um, they've they've got their own breed of it out there. So is that would,
0: vinegar based, or what is? Well, Carolinas? it all
1: depends on what part of the Carolinas. So, you, in in one part of the Carolinas, you have mustard based, and the other part of the Carolinas, you have vinegar based.
0: Okay, so then we got th- so now we got to
1: kill. Is, is and, and, Florida
0: known for barbecue? Uh, I know you live there, but I mean, is that a barbecue region? Wasn't until I put it on the map.
1: Just kidding. Um, No, no, not really, because I I think Florida, when you look at it as a state, is a lot of a melting pot. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I think there's just a lot of different influences down there. I will tell you, you know, the the profiles in Florida when you compete is super, super sweet just because we have a lot of older judges. You don't want to light up their their taste buds. You can't.
0: Yeah. So now, so you got the Carolinas, you got Memphis, you got Kansas City, you got St. Louis. Now, Texas, Texas, where Pittman's at, is Texas as a whole state, the biggest state in the union, is that? everything's this, what is te- okay let's start with texas yeah. now that we ended there yep. let's start with texas barbecue what is it known for
1: uh th- it's known for beef. beef beef spicy uh salt pepper and garlic
0: salt pepper and garlic
1: Yep. When, when when you talk to those guys about their beef ribs about their beef brisket they like to keep it as simple as possible salt pepper a little bit of garlic powder um that's that's usually what they run they're, then they're there they're wanting deep smoke flavor um uh, nice thick bark that's what I would say is characteristic of Texas barbecue. Really? Yeah.
0: So what part of Texas is this prolific? Is this Houston? Is this Galveston? Um, is this well, Dallas? Well, Fort well, Worth? You,
1: you look at different ones. I mean, you've got some great barbecue joints in Dallas. You've got uh, Ronnie Killen of Killen's Barbecue outside of Houston. Then you go to Austin. Obviously, you've got Franklin. you got Valentina's. Um, there's a lot, a lot of great barbecue in Texas, but a lot of it's that same style. It, it doesn't get too regional within the state you know we, we've got one guy that's kind of out there uh jordan jackson good friend of pitman's that i've met uh bodacious barbecue he was top five on the texas monthly last time the list came out um and he's in longview texas but his food's amazing really um so you find these small towns with these little barbecue gyms uh like jordan so just don't look for the big cities so what about
0: what about rogue cookers? What part of Texas are they? Are they from Texas?
1: Yeah, Doug Shattie, one rogue cookers from San Antonio,
0: San Antonio, and he's a strong. Him and his yeah, wife got no, a strong. they're they're very,
1: they're very strong cooks. Yeah,
0: they've won some competitions.
1: Hey, he, he Doug won the Houston Livestock Rodeo with chicken a couple years back,
0: and that's one of the biggest chicken that's strong. Food. Yeah, what's the biggest? Jack Daniels?
1: Uh, no, the the American Royals, the biggest contest, um, but Houston's right there behind it in team size, um, and, and Houston's hard to get into because. You have to have either won, a big, won one of the four big or you um, you got to kind of know a sponsor to get in there. It's it's a it's a tough one. We got to cook it this year, uh, me and Matt Pittman and Chris Hatcher, uh, because of Pittman's connection with Miller Lite. Um, and we were able to cook it this year and finish seventh in brisket, which was pretty awesome. Out of how many teams? Uh, I want to say 240, 250. Wow. Yeah.
0: And then out of hundred and ninety or something teams in Memphis and May, you guys get top ten ribs. Yeah, we get seventh year. in ribs too. Seven, seventh and this, this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was me, Matt Pittman, uh Curtis Nations, our Traeger Pitt Master, uh Austin Granger, part of our culinary staff. Uh yeah, big team effort and uh Yeah, it was 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 good cook.
0: So this is how I see it. Coming up in duck and goose calling over the last 15 years, you make the finals. You're in in the finals with five guys, right? Yep. Those judges are standing behind a curtain, sitting behind a curtain, and you go up there and do your routine, and it's minuscule. You know, they are listening. Oh. It's it's like minuscule judgments, right? And points that can either be, you know, they look at something or they hear something that is like, well, that's original or that's a little bit different. Yeah. But al- it's almost impossible to take those five and say, you're first, you're second, you're third. Unless somebody sticks their read or somebody, yeah. you know, goes over the time limit and disqualifies themselves. I would assume in barbecue it's the same. If you make the top 10 out of 198 teams, you're that's pretty much winning. Because mm. the judges at that point are just like, we just got to give it to this guy. Or well, what,
1: what, and, what could be going and, through? And, you've judged. Competitions. Well, and, and, and what happens, Chad, is it ends up being hundreds of thousands of a point that determine first through 10th. You know what I mean? And that could be, you know, the, all the time we talk about, you know, uh, tables of death, where you just find a group of judges that they just think their barbecue is better than anybody's that's going to get put on that table. Then you've got what we call angel tables, where Dude, this guy's sitting there eating free barbecue. Everybody gets tens. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And and then you have the middle. You know what I mean? Where law of averages, those are always going to work theirself out. But you've got that where, you know, maybe ours had a little tang to it that a guy didn't like and the other one didn't. You know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. It's all these very, very just small details. And that's why I always say I try to cook the best average barbecue when it comes to competing. I don't want to be too sweet. I don't want to be too hot. I don't want to use any blueberries or peaches or whatever. I just want somebody to go, damn, that's a good bite of barbecue. And and leave it at that.
0: And with your track record, you're doing that. But that's in taste. Looking at you, and don't take this the wrong way, but you're not a real... a feminine kind of dude that would yeah. know, would know how to have presentation as part of your style, right? Like yeah. you're not, you know. And I'm not taking away from guys that you know. Me and you are the same. We like t-shirts, we like shorts and yeah. flip flops and and vans and and we go. Yeah. Style's not really, you know. Even when I want to get dressed up, I don't look forward to it. Yeah. Presentation and competition barbecue is 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 how many points?
1: It's eighteen percent of your eighteen percent of your score.
0: So eighteen percent can be gone. If there's a piece of decorative lettuce, yeah. something, the chicken's not laid in there right.
1: Yeah. So. Got a, got a big uh, thumbprint from when you put it in the box and the sauce wouldn't set, that kind of stuff, yeah.
0: That kind of stuff. If they open that box, you could lose a competition before they even taste well,
1: it. And I always say it, it's 18% of your score, but to me it's more than that. Because it's the first thing they see. Exactly. And, and if that judge looks and goes, man, it's a beautiful box. Well, guess what? When they're judging your tenderness and they're going, ah, I can't figure out if this is a, a nine and a half or a ten. If it looked good, it's a ten. You're going to get judged up. If it looked like crap, you're going to get judged bad. out.
0: So what do you do? Let's take. Um, I know brisket is mm-hmm. a big one, right? That's a big. Comp- yep. What are they? They're brisket. They're ribs.
1: Yeah. So, so your your first turn in like in a, in a standard KCBs. Your first turn in's chicken at noon. Your second is uh, pork ribs at twelve thirty. Uh, pork butt at one o'clock. And brisket at one thirty. One is brisket. Yep. So
0: as a barbecue champion pitmaster like yourself, is there any that take precedence over the other when it comes to winning? Like do not, you want to win more? Like, If you win chicken, does it mean more than winning brisket? Or is brisket like the cream of the crop or ribs? What makes you like stand
1: out? So for me, when I came up, um, brisket was my first category for everything. When I was in the amateur division, it was my first call. When I was in the amateur division, it was my first, first place. Uh, When I moved out of the pro division, it was my first call. It was my first, first place. You know what I mean? Um, I I just, I I was fortunate with brisket. And I think for most competition cooks, they will tell you brisket's probably the hardest one. And then right behind it, interestingly enough, is chicken. Really? Yeah. Chicken? Yeah.
0: Well, the presentation of chicken I get, but somebody can really make... You, it, when you get down to that top 10 or that top five, is it something to where, when you're judging this, and you've judged several of these on a regional basis, can chicken really taste that much different when you have that many top pros cooking it like that? Does it come down to the sauce? My point is, is, like, is it the sauce that sets it apart? No.
1: It can't I, be the meat, right? I, I, would, I would say a you lot of You all cook the same meat? Yeah, we all cook similar meat. Similar meat. Um, but, but I would tell you, a lot of it comes down to the injection and the moisture. Injection? What do you mean? So, so you you actually take and inject those chicken thighs with you know could be a over the counter product. Like for me myself, I make my own chicken stock, and I inject it. I inject that those chicken thighs with my own chicken stock um, to just get more flavor. When that judge takes that bite, I want to ruin their shirt. Really? I want there to be so much moisture coming out of that chicken thigh that they need to be wearing a bib.
0: And what? What is in this injection? Is it marinade? Is it just no, broth? No, no,
1: it, it's literally just a chicken broth that I've personally cooked down, strained. Um, I would actually definitely call it more of a stock than a broth. It's rich.
0: So that's legal a in a barbecue salty, competition? Absolutely. Is there anything yep. that's illegal?
1: Um, you, can't, you can't season, marinate, or inject your meat ahead of time. You cannot do that until you get on site and a, 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 a judge comes by and certifies that all your meat has not been... Um, you can trim it beforehand, but besides that you can uh you cannot marinate season or inject ahead of time.
0: So the judges come by every booth a the judge they, will they, come they, by. They
1: come by Friday usually before noon. And then once they come by and give you your little ribbon, you're good to go. You can you can have at it.
0: Okay, so you get you 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 have Texas barbecue that's salt, pepper, and garlic. Yep. And then it, if I'm if I'm a betting man, from what I've eaten, and I don't know where you, what you're going to say to this, my favorite my favorite barbecue that I eat is Kansas City. Yeah. Now, I want your opinion on that. I've never been impressed anywhere in Memphis, and I'm and I don't want to downgrade anywhere. I've been to the Rendezvous and I love it, but I've had a lot better ribs than I've had at the yeah. Rendezvous, and yeah. I'm not I'm not cutting them down. Yeah. But is, is 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 it just because I don't like the dry rubs or? Is there other places in Memphis that I'm missing out? Is Memphis barbecue good?
1: Uh, there is some good Memphis barbecue out there. Um, you know, Melissa Cookston does a good job at, at uh, Memphis Barbecue Company. Um, for me, I never eat barbecue when I'm in Memphis. You never do? I, I'll, I'll eat every day at Gus's Fried Chicken. Where's it called? Gus's Fried Chicken. Gustus? Gus's. G-U-S apostrophe.
0: Yeah. Really?
1: Gus's, Gus's Fried... God dang, son. Gus's, really? Gus's Fried Chicken, yeah. That That's the jam. Man, I've never heard of it. Man, me and Curtis Nations have, two years ago, Memphis in May, I think we ate there all four days. No way. Yeah.
0: And it's just bomb.
1: Oh, dude, it's so good. Sides are great. Chicken is unreal. You know, we're out here in Kansas City. We were talking about it with George last night. Stroud's is another solid. Chicken place, but Gus's to me is yeah, Stroud's Fried Chicken or Stroud's Fried Chicken, yeah. And then uh, the other one that I love is Hattie B's in Nashville. Oh my gosh. So, I, that's the one I was just going to name, but I, but, but I will tell you, those three fried chicken joints, uh, it's tough me. to beat Gus's. Man. I,
0: I've had, I've had, uh, what do they call it when you Netflix? Is it binging? Mm-hmm. Okay. Leith Lofton and I watched 13 episodes of Making a Murder on Netflix and with Hattie B's.
1: Oh, dude, that's we a took good time. A, We
0: took a Sunday, one February, and just said, "You know what? We're laying down, Hoss. We're eating Hattie B's, and we're freaking watching Making a Murder, uh, which I don't even want to get into that TV show. But it was amazing. You know, Hattie I've B's,
1: ne- I, I got to go. I've, I've never watched that.
0: You got to watch season yeah. one, yep. and then take a month off, and then watch season two. Okay, it's amazing. You'll be throwing stuff at the TV. You'll be like, what the <laughs> fuck? So, so when you say salt barbecue or salt, pepper, and garlic in Texas, what is
1: Memphis? Um, Memphis is very dry rub. So you won't see a lot of sauce on your, it, it, it's, it's ribs when it comes to Memphis and it's, it's no, no sauce. They're going to cook it with it with just a dry rub,
0: no sauce at all. So what, let's go back to Texas for a second. Yep. You, what, is there sauce there? Not really. Not really. Not really. But no rub.
1: Well, there is rub. Just salt, pepper, salt, pepper, and garlic.
0: That's just, that's the rub. The rub. Yeah, that's, their that's basic, it. Yeah. So how do you, how do you differentiate any Texas barbecue if that's what they're known for?
1: They, they, by what would they use what cooker they're running it on they, they cook on depending on where you're at in the country some are where you're at in the state a lot of them like to cook on mesquite a lot of them like to cook on post oak um, it just depends on what's most available
0: so what's the best barbecue in texas
1: for, for me personally my favorite bite of barbecue in texas is valentina's and it's their brisket taco better than matt Pittman. No, Pittman's got great food, but I'm talking as far as a restaurant. A restaurant. A restaurant, Valentinas, and, and I will tell you if you have Pittman on the show, he's very good friends with the folks at Valentinas, and he will vouch that it's a pretty. I've had him on the show. Too. He
0: is a badass. But yep. let me ask you this about Matt Pittman: Why, if Texas is known for salt, pepper, and garlic, why does he have all these rubs that are way more than salt, pepper, and garlic?
1: Um, j- just because I, th- I think that that needs out there, and those people want it. And you got to realize Matt's got a worldwide brand, so he's not just selling to Texans. You know what I mean? He's he's selling you know Australia, Europe, Canada, the U.S. So so he's out there doing that. Um, but but even Matt with having his line of rubs, I mean, I've cooked a, a few just salt, pepper, and garlic briskets with him, Texas style. Are they and good? They're tasty. Are they tasty. really? Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. So because you know I was brought up on salt and pepper on steak. Yep. Salt and pepper is all you really need to make a steak taste good if you know how to cook it right. But I'm telling you, I am a, fr- I am a fan of the dry rub. So now I'm just now i wondering why I don't like Memphis barbecue that much or I haven't been eating yeah. it. I don't know if I've gotten caught up you, in you the know, rendezvous uh, because it's a, a tourist trap. Yeah, I love the aura in there. I love how yeah. every employee in yeah. there has been there 30 years. But I don't know. I've never been blown away by, by the ribs there.
1: And, and when it comes to rendezvous I'm a lot of the same way I mean I I, I go there if no one's ever, if someone's never been to Nashville you or, gotta or Memphis there. you got to take them there but like I wouldn't if I were gonna go eat and people say I want to eat barbecue I wouldn't pick I wouldn't pick rendezvous no where would you pick uh, I'd pick Memphis barbecue company Memphis
0: barbecue yeah. company um, and I think I've been there do they have several different locations they've
1: got a, they've got a few now yeah, yeah they hosted yeah. us
0: when I was there last September. And it was freaking. It was pretty freaking mm-hmm. good. So now, what is? So if you got Memphis, that's known for its dry rub. What in Kansas? And then you said that the Carolinas are known for mustard and M- mustard and/or and and vinegar. vinegar,
1: depending on where you're at. And, and it's all pork. It's all pork. Yep, mo- mostly when it comes to the vinegar stuff, it's whole hog, pork. Um, but yeah, the Carolinas, pork country.
0: No, no beef.
1: I mean, they cook beef, but but what they hang their hat on and what their traditional barbecue is is chopped pork.
0: Really? Yeah. So do you go there as a competitor and get your ass whipped in butts and ribs? No.
1: You know, honestly, on the competition side, because they're certified judges um, and they kind of know a little bit about it, it doesn't kill you too much. You know, maybe adding a little bit of vinegar into your finishing sauce won't hurt you, um, but no big wholesale crazy changes. Nothing. Yeah.
0: Okay, so is there anything is there a place that you could tell me to go around charlotte or 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 charleston in south carolina charleston you know up in charlotte north carolina is there is there a restaurant there that's known to blow people's minds
1: well i'll tell you you know some of the best carolina stuff i've had is sam jones sam jones um you know sam and uh michael Letchford there. uh they do a really good job good food um so yeah, so so Sam Jones Skylight Inn, both those are pretty awesome. Really?
0: Yeah. And where? What kind of restaurant is Sam Jones?
1: It's a barbecue restaurant. Is yeah. it?
0: Is it like exhaust Is it one of those places that the?
1: You know, you're walking into a barbecue joint.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I just love the name of it. Yeah. He just goes off of his name.
1: Oh, and Sam's awesome, man. Little little short, wiry guy. Uh, loves cooking whole hog. Good, good, good dude. And, and then he, his business partner Michael, uh, Michael cooks on trigger at his house all the time um yeah mike michael's another guy i met through Pittman. um that's just a, a real solid dude um and yeah so yeah they, they've got a good thing going there
0: yeah and, and so you move up from the carolinas and now i want to talk a little bit about where we're at right now kansas city's known for saucy saucy
1: so burn ends sauced up sauced up ribs um but but it, and just good barbecue
0: um, it's my favorite yeah
1: is yeah, it your yeah. favorite okay. or no? well dude i'll tell you my favorite restaurant barbecue restaurant in the country is uh we're literally staying mile and a half from my favorite barbecue restaurant really q39
0: q39 yeah 70. you know we,
1: uh, we passed when we were going to walgreens yesterday that 39th street yeah that's where q39 is really yeah what were
0: we going to walgreens for
1: to get pictures that Brett, that uh, George Brett could sign for us. How cool is that? That's awesome.
0: You're gonna hang it up in your store.
1: Absolutely. Already, already got the frame on order, man. I'm gonna put it in there when I get home on Tuesday. He was so awesome. Gee, he was. was such a great guy, man. So, and, and 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 you kind of just sit there and you go, it's one of the greatest hitters of all time, and I'm just sitting here cooking barbecue, drinking his margaritas. I know. First um, first okay. ballot Hall of Famer, won a batting title yeah. in three different decades. What, what did he say earlier today? 99.2% of the vote? 98.9. 98.9,
0: yeah. And he went in with Nolan Ryan and Dude, Robin here's and no He's problem. like the
1: fourth highest of all time. I wanted to ask him this earlier today. Who in the hell was the 1.1%? And they need that ass whooped. I know. How could you vote against him? <laughs> you know not I mean? But how yeah. does Robin Young only get 80%? I, I know what would he say? 79, 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. He got an I mean,
0: MVP twice yeah. in two different positions. Yeah.
1: And and he and, and he had a sweet swing too. You know what and I mean? He
0: was a stud, but he yeah. wasn't no George Brett. In my opinion, I love George Brett. To, getting down to getting able to podcast with him today literally blew my mind. <sighs> yeah, it had to. Literally blew my mind. And,
1: well, dude, how about tonight? Like Back entrance, walking through the tunnel, right up to the box. It was like, you know, and everybody. Hey, George. Hey.
0: George. And that's what stood out to me the yeah. most is how he treated everybody. Oh, absolutely. Hey, from, good to see you. From the, the garbage guys to the ticket vendors to the security. We
1: even talking to the elevator guys. I keep telling them we're going to get William a TV in here. He needs to be able to watch the game when he's in this elevator letting people up and down. Yeah, you know? let him watch the yeah. game. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. I love uh, he,
0: I absolutely am blown away by how he has welcomed us in with open arms, but so what makes Q 39 so special? Do you know what the 39 means?
1: Well it's because it's, it's on 39 39th Street. Yeah. okay,
0: so it, what is what is makes it so, so special? The guy
1: that owns it guy named Rob McGee. Uh, so Rob's a classically trained chef, um, ran all the catering and food service at the Hilton here in Kansas City for years um, went out started a barbecue team called Munching Hogs at the Hilton, and uh, when I broke into barbecue, Rob was the guy to be. I mean, I think he was two or three year in a row KCBS Team of the Year, um, and then said, "You know what? I ran the competition circuit long enough. You know, ran 35, 40 contests a year for multiple years, and then uh, started Open Q thirty nine. So you go there, and it's, um, dude. His app. He's at this appetizer that's a a slow smoked pork belly, but then he Ooh. finishes it over about a seven hundred degree fire, so it caramelizes on the outside, and he serves this uh, white bean." Uh, Casalete with it. Oh my dude, it is Bomb. so good. Um, he does uh, pork belly, corn dogs, little appetizers that are amazing. Um, his, his his he has a competition platter. If you go there, if you go to Q39, next time you're in Kansas City, you get the competition. Get the competition platter. competition platter. It's got your chicken. It's got your ribs. It's got a little bit of pulled pork. It's got brisket. It is uh, it is delicious. I have never had a bad that's another place when we're here in kansas city especially if i'm with curtis nations we um we'll eat at q39 two if not three times when we're here for the royal really yeah it's that strong yeah we'll we'll eat strouds one day and then the rest of the time if we can break out we'll get to q39 and we usually grab uh the last day night of the contest we usually grab a steak dinner over the casino
0: so can you call him tomorrow and get me a table tomorrow night
1: Rob probably can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. You gotta know somebody. Mm-hmm. You get me. So you, you've heard of Arthur Bryant's, and yeah. I, lo- I love standing in line there, that old school place. Yep. Um, let's talk about their their brisket. I love their brisket, but um, why are they why are they so popular when? They hasn't barbecue evolved at all or have they just stayed so traditional that they kept that they kept that that core audience and that core consumer to where now, you know, people every generation's going to Arthur Bryant still.
1: Yeah, it's old school. It's um it's that nostalgia, you know what I mean? And and that's that's what people want in that experience sometimes. So I, I think that's where you know Arthur Bryant's works out for a lot of folks. Um one other one I don't want to get away from while we talk about Kansas City is Joe's. You, oh, you, 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 you got to go get you a Z Man. Oh, you know what I mean? You got to have that Z Man sandwich. Um, yeah, that that's kind of uh, Kansas City folklore. You gotta you gotta have that.
0: They uh, what what exactly is on the sandwich? Oh gosh, I have,
1: man, I haven't had one in like two years. Just Google Joe's Z Man. The Joe's Z Man. Oh, I know there's some pork on there. I want to see maybe pork burnt ins and like an onion ring with some cheese. Really? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a mashup. It's a mashup. But it's like a delicious mashups. sandwich.
0: I like mashups. So, if you if you had to pick one place all in all the barbecue places that we just talked about, yep, are you going to Q39 Absolutely. over everywhere? In Absolutely. Mary? Yep. It's that good. It's that good. Wow. And I got to go if I'm sitting right here with Mile from it. Yeah, 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 right down the street. Has Joe been there? I mean, George been there? Did you talk to him uh, about
1: it? Yeah, that? George knows the Q39. Yeah. We you, talked about it last night. You did? Yeah.
0: Speaking of last night, one of the highlights of the night was the little FaceTime conversation, huh?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> somehow, so you guys know if you follow me at all, I'm a big fan of loudmouth golf shorts. I wear them. You know, when I left the software business, came to work, you know, full time with Traeger. Um, I think I have, I'm pretty sure I've wore loudmouth shorts three, I think I told John last year, 350 days out of the year. It'll get cold sometimes when I'm in Utah and I'll wear jeans, but if not, I'm either wearing loudmouth shorts or I got a couple pair of loudmouth long pants. I love them. They're comfortable. Uh, they exude my personality. Um, I just enjoy wearing them. And uh, it's funny, I hadn't been able to hear back from their marketing people or this or that. And so last night, and I've just always loved John Daly. I mean, how can you not love John Daly? If you like to drink, have a good time. You're loud, boisterous. You've got to love John Daly. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we're in George Brett's kitchen. And you go, hey, anybody want to FaceTime John Daly? And the fact is we FaceTimed him right after he got done playing around with Donald Trump. Yeah. And he's wearing this big Trump hat. It was, dude, it was it was killer, man. Uh he was awesome. It, it, it was, that was really cool to be in one of your boyhood idols house. Watching another guy that you look up to, and just you know, thinks cool on the other side of the pillow.
0: Yeah, and the and, and the respect that Daly had for George. Oh yeah, and then George's respect right back for him. Yeah, he's like, that's really George Brett. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Daly goes, I have two baseball jerseys in my game room. He's got a badass Pat in yeah. Arkansas. I have two baseball jerseys: George Brett and Nolan Ryan. That's out of they're Pretty now, and, in good company and right now. Here. And we're Facetiming John Daly. Yeah. at the Trump National. That yeah. just played around with the prez in George Brett's kitchen, yeah, <laughs> and I'm just uh, because of a green headed mallard duck and a barbecue. <laughs> it's Crazy. unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is so freaking cool. And, and when you, so Q thirty nine, I'm trying now. Back to last night. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything different with the bruschetta? Is it bruschetta? That's a bread
1: buffet. 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 Buffet.
0: Buffett. Did you do anything different now? I think you mixed some rubs on there, including one of Mitch's, I did, right? I did, Yeah,
1: we we did Meat Mitch's regular rub and my and the rocks, um, kind of fifty fifty them. And
0: you cooked that the exact same way that you do the tri reverse
1: sear. Absolutely, yes, sir. Same temps. Yep, really. Start at two twenty five on super smoke. Two twenty five super smoke till you get to one fifteen. Uh, this was on a trigger Timberline eight fifty. Pull it off at 150. Well, we had two grills going. We had a we had a sear grill, yeah. but if you only have one. Uh, yeah. Then pull it off and then sear it at five hundred degrees. The bavette, only about a minute, minute and a half each side. A little thinner. Little thinner. Yeah. God, it's an unbelievable piece of meat. It was you so. Uh, it, it almost
0: reminded me of. of uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't even know what it looks like. There's yeah. no. There's. There's no other piece of meat like there is it. Yeah.
1: No. 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 It, I mean, it, it, it kind of. It
0: doesn't look like a backstrap or a tenderloin. No, there's no, no uniform no, 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 shape no, no, to no, it. No. No. No.
1: No. No. Yeah. it's just kind of laid out there. Yeah.
0: What. What. Um, what is you – talk, you talked a little bit about where the cut of where it comes off of. Yeah. But you don't go into a restaurant and order that, or is it under another name?
1: No. So when, when it comes to a vet, you don't usually find it under another name. It's kind of one of those almost like hanger steak um, where you know it, it's kind of that cut that the butcher saves for themselves. So you don't have a lot of opportunity to go buy it in the grocery store. Um, the only purveyor I've ever been able to find it from is Snake River Farms, and 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 that's that's why I usually get it when we're doing a nice cool event or something like that because it gives people access to a uh, to a pretty cool pretty cool uh, piece of meat that they haven't got to experience in the past. So. Yeah, so hanger steak and bavette are two of those that they're hard to find in the grocery store, but they are. Um, but when you can order them online, uh, they're definitely worth the investment. Well,
0: in what with that one that we were eating last night, the wagyu, is it something to where that's another piece of meat that you can completely taste the difference with? Is there a lot more marbling in that piece too?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, across the board, a, a wagyu steer is just much more marbled um, than, than a domestic animal right
0: and that that is going to be how much for that piece of meat that we ate last night that brevet um, what do they run um, about
1: i want to say that one it wasn't, it wasn't too crazy i want to say it was like 50 bucks 50 bucks yeah and it fed it had, it had me going crazy yeah that was good yeah but i the, we and, ate, and, 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 and i don't know if you noticed this was intentional but i led with it yeah one it's a thinner piece of meat so it didn't need to rest as long two it's so rich and so decadent you want that to be people's first bite
0: but as soon as i took a bite of the tri-tip i said i like the tri-tip more yeah i just i don't know if it's more marbled if it has more uh, the fat content or was it or was it george helping out a little bit with you i mean you had fucking george bread as your sous chef last night
1: I think I told you to pinch me like three times while that was going down. It was. It was and he awesome. was into it. He's oh, he was so into it.
0: He was filming and yeah. like hosting stuff. I mean, he
1: was rocking it. Yeah. No. It was. It was great, man. It was, it was unreal. Um, but yeah, no. He. It, it was cool to have him a part of it. You know, He's out there throwing meat on the Traeger. Like it was. Yeah. It was. It was cool.
0: And if you, if you had to go back and do it again and george isn't there do you ever screw with a piece of meat like that with the slits and the and and, and what 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 no, all went I li- into it
1: i liked it so what we did was um george asked he said hey man when you cook your trine tips have you ever put rosemary and garlic in them and i've done it a couple of times Uh and i was like yeah man i have i said uh, you want to do it that way so we did it that way and then had the meat mitch and the rocks combined together and it was, um, it, dude, it was tasty. And you could really taste that rosemary and that garlic coming through.
0: And and does that take a chance of screwing up the meat when you get those
1: cuts in it? Not really, especially when you're dealing with a, a nice thick tri-tip. That I always say the thing I like about tri-tip is that it, it cooks like a roast but eats like a steak. Um, and then obviously with the and way goo, I wasn't too worried about those slits uh, losing a lot of moisture or drying the product out. Not one bit? No.
0: Because when I saw you doing that, I was like, ooh. Like, you would never do that in competition, right? No, like, no,
1: no, 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 no. One, one, I just wouldn't want any of the overpowering flavor of garlic or rosemary to hit the judges. Rosemary's Power
0: strong. It. Yeah. Some rosemary's too strong.
1: Right. But that had a good flavor. That was flavor. a good rosemary. That, was that a good had a good rosemary. flavor last night.
0: I really, I really thought that thought. And I, I think did.
1: when you pair it up in the same hole as the garlic, it tames down a little bit of that bitterness you can sometimes get from a strong rosemary.
0: Yeah, so... Is there anything else that you do that you could do besides those two? Have you stuffed anything else in there? Does anything else make sense?
1: Um, not that I can think of on tri-tip. Like I've done like a lot of stuff, pork and chicken that'll have. Basil. Yeah. Well, uh, basil. I don't know that i like basil on tri-tip maybe time time. Um, but I don't, I don't know that basil would be one. Um, uh, t- I hate tarragon. So I don't do much, much tarragon. um, but, no, I, I think, I think, yeah, you could have got away with thyme or rosemary there. And garlic, I, I love garlic. I mean, oh, oh man, dude. I mean, garlic I, love on, I love onions. You know what? I'm just coming around on onions, old boy.
0: Really? Yeah. You didn't like them growing up, huh?
1: Like, I, I'll eat, like, cooked onions down in, like, a barbecue or, you know, barbecue uh, you know, baked beans or something like that. Oh, we can't forget George's family recipe oh, baked beans we had last night, too. With
0: the smoked onion off yeah, the Traeger. yeah. I, I i had a uh, rocks on that with a little tiny bit of butter mm. and smoked them for about almost 35 40 minutes yeah
1: yeah we got some good smoke on that onion and
0: then cut them up and put them in those baked beans and yeah. they were awesome little uh there was a little jalapeno in there yep a little uh fire was there a little tiger sauce in there too Did yeah, you, I, think yeah I think they dumped a, little a little bit of that in there so now let's move on to the ribs real quick speaking of tiger sauce yeah these are the snake river farms this is kind of like the Wagyu of pork?
1: Yeah, Curabuda. Okay, talk to me a little bit about that. So Curabuda is a breed, once again, highly marbled, um, very delicious. And then Snake River does something interesting. They sell this uh, short rib. So it's about three to four bones, um, and it's where they leave some of the belly on with the rib. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, bud. You say it's probably one of the best ribs you ever ate? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So much flavor, so much can, fat. I don't so think much you can moisture. Get a rib. So good, amazing. Yeah. I and mean, what did you do with it? So we took that and we just seasoned it down. With we, we used four different. I mean, we did four different combos. Um, we did one. We we did actually four because Mitch had already seasoned two with his, and then I seasoned two more there with his, and then I seasoned two with pork and poultry from Traeger, and then I seasoned two. With uh, my mix of my the Bird Rub and Old Fashioned Over the Top. And they all sang, man. They were all delicious. Real good. And then we um, we took those. We put them on 225 Super Smoke for about three and a half hours because they're thick. Um, and once they hit it, but, uh, around 165, between 165 and 170 for all eight little racks. And we wrapped those up. And we wrapped them up in what I call a comp wrap. Uh, comp wrap is butter, turbinado sugar, tiger sauce, and agave nectar. Why tiger sauce? Tiger sauce is just one of those sauces, like an Asian sauce. Um, not super hot. Got, got a hair bit of heat to it, but, but a lot of savory and a lot of good notes. Kind of helps cut all that richness and sweetness of the butter and, and the agave and the brown sugar. And that's called a comp? I call it a comp wrap. I mean... That wraps a little too much, usually, if you're just cooking a lot of backyard barbecue. But, I mean, dude, cooking for George Brett for the first time, man. Right. You got you to pull out all the stops. What does the agave do? Uh, just a little sweetener. Just tiny bit. Yeah, so so the butter's there to cook in fat, almost like a confit from the French. Um, and then you just use the butter and the, sorry, the tiger sauce, the brown sugar, and the agave to add sweet and savory.
0: And that's called a comp wrap. A, comp, so when a you competition say, wrap. So yeah. now what temperature internally are these ribs when, you, when you're putting them in the foil to wrap them?
1: 165 to 170. Yeah. And then we're wrapping them up, and we're going to take them to between 204 and 205.
0: Two, between 204 and 205? Between the
1: two thickest bones. Make sure you're not touching the bone. Halfway into the meat with your thermopin.
0: Okay, and why not touch the bone? Because that's where the heat's going to build because up? Because
1: the, the, the bone would, would give you a, a, a false trade. read. Yeah. A false read. Yeah.
0: Might, and it's going to be warmer or warmer? warmer. It's going to be warmer yeah. against the bone.
1: Yeah. Because so, that bone's almost like a heat sink.
0: So you take them off and you place them in foil. And once you get them in the foil, that's when you start taking the agave and the and, and the tiger the tiger sauce and all that. Yeah. That's your comp wrap. And then you yeah. just wrap it back up in the foil and put it back on what
1: temp? Uh, I, at this point, I'm going to crank it at 275. So I'm just trying to tenderize the rib and get it to that finish temp. And obviously, it's in aluminum foil, so we're not taking on any more smoke. So I'll go to 275 and on a regular rib, it's usually there in 45 minutes to an hour. On these big, thick, short ribs, it took closer to hour and fifteen, hour and a half.
0: Hour and fifteen, hour and a half. In wrap. Okay, so this this wrap is is on the top racks of the Traeger where we got some other yep. stuff going on below it. Is it a necessity? What is the absolute cook time for the best rib that you can get? Well, First of all, do you want the meat falling off the bone, or oh. do you want the bone pulling out of the meat?
1: No. So, What's so, the right texture? So, so what I want is, you know, people love fall off the bone ribs, and my dad loves them. When I cook ribs for my dad, I make fall off the bone ribs. But when I'm cooking for others, trying to impress people, the perfect rib is: you grab that rib bone on both sides, you bite it in the middle, you don't have to tug on it. The meat releases. It's a great chew. And when you pull that bone away and look at it, you can see your teeth marks.
0: That's the perfect. That's rib. a perfectly
1: cooked how, tenderness and, rib.
0: And just run me through without the rubs and everything. I don't care about the seasoning. All I want is temps, cook time, wrap, temp, cook time.
1: Got it. All right. So if you want to make that per- perfect rib, easy back home recipe, backyard. 225. Put the rib on. Uh, I really don't care if it's baby back or St. Louis style. Um, three to three and a half hours. Until you hit 165 to 170 internal, wrap it. Get half a cup of white grape juice. So wrap the rib up, but leave one end open. When that one end is open, dump that half cup of white grape juice, and with it, close up that end of the foil, and then kind of just push your hands over it to make sure that that juice is is uh, spread out. Because what that juice is going to do is going to be a steaming agent for you. It's going to help tenderize it quicker.
0: The acidity of it, or is no, it just,
1: just the, the, it being a liquid. So you can use white grape juice. You can use apple juice. Um, I've had people use beer so in the it's past. N- nothing for flavor, right? It's more. I mean, obviously, you're going to get some flavor from it, but it's really more to be that steaming liquid that's going to help you braise that rib out.
0: So okay, so now that that's on after you wrap it, you leave one in open.
1: Yep. You pour that half what wh- half cup of white grape juice yep. in there. Yep. And then close it, it, it up. Turn the grill up to 275. And you cook it until the temperature between the two thickest bones is 204 to 205. When, when you wrapped it, take your sauce, whatever sauce you want to use. We used Meat Mitch uh, Womp sauce yesterday. And I like to add a pat or two of butter to the sauce. The reason I do that is, one, it's going to thin that sauce into more of a glaze. I like a thinner glaze than I do a thick sauce. And it gives you a nice sheen. That That butter gives it a nice sheen. So when you put that into a a little pot or a little pot or a little pan, cover it with foil. When your wrapped ribs go back on at 275, your sauce slash glaze goes back on at 275. And then once it gets to that temperature, 204 to 205, 45 minutes to an hour, more than likely. And at that point, you're gonna take those ribs, get them out of the foil, and then you're gonna take your glaze, put it over the top of it. And I think you'll notice last night Anybody that's been following us on stories uh, will see that I don't like to brush my glaze on. I like to take, dump the brush in it, and kind of splot. Like dab it or something. Dab it, splotted, yeah, right? dab, dab, it's actually probably a good word. Dab, sun. Dab sun. <laughs> <laughs> and um and that way I don't get those brush marks on my on my meat. You know, it just kind of shows a nice glaze all the way across it. Goes back on at 275 for 15 to 20 minutes all you're wanting is that sauce to tack up and adhere with the meat once that happens pull them off put them on a sheet pan let them rest for let's say 10 15 minutes and then slice and enjoy
0: and i'm talking enjoy yeah
1: like there
0: i know that the thing that you don't like to do is squeeze it right I, i hate squeezing meat
1: why? Well, it looks good for the gram, but like you're, you're just taking all the moisture that you work yeah, so hard to keep it, in right? it, and you're just.
0: Benny does that. I know he
1: does. Yeah, I get him hard. He'll actually tag me in it and go, This is going to make Chad cringe. Does he? Yeah. We're talking about our good buddy, Benny Kendrick. If you're not following him, I'm sure you are. We've we've talked about it on the show numerous times. But uh, at Kendrick BBQ, great guy, one of my best friends. California. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he he loves squeezing his meat, and he knows it makes me cringe. (laughs) Say that again. He loves doing what? He loves squeezing his meat, and he knows it makes me cringe.
0: (laughs) man you know exactly what we're talking about stop it he's on fire though dude he is I man. 200,000
1: followers unreal he's,
0: cre- he's creative
1: I just got a 35,000 a day yesterday and thought I'd done something
0: yeah no that's still good I'm just but
1: trying to play with you guys man trying to get in that big boy Shane, world man, I don't give a flying raps <laughs> come on dude. That, that, that know, life, what's, you know, that, what's that foul life up to now about 80k followers
0: uh, about 86 or damn something. son
1: about 100 <laughs> 8600. send me some
0: followers man you no know, I don't want them you take them no I like them I, I appreciate everybody's support I just the whole social media deal just throws me into it. Like even George Brett's son Jackson's like, get off your fucking phone, and I'm like, dude, we're getting that
1: content. I mean,
0: we got to. I mean, yeah. Snake River Farms is supporting this. Traeger's supporting this. I mean, it's expensive to yeah. activate these things. Right? Exactly. It's not cheap to come all the way across the country. And yeah, we love doing it. We're not going to quit doing yeah. it. But it's you got to be doing. We got to work. Got to work. Yeah. It's a Monday, Jackson. We're working.
1: Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. We're working. We're, oh, by the way, if Jackson's employers listen, he was working too. Oh we're yeah.
0: He, well, yeah, he's building in that baseball category. yeah exactly I, oh, we got to meet all three of George Brett's sons. I know
1: man good guys
0: meet Mitch Jigger was another one of his Jigger, buddies
1: Jigger was a good personality man uh, Jigger was a who Parker
0: McCollum uh, dad the, his dad yeah that was dad, awesome country, up and coming country music star and then his buddy Goose yeah. who was a stud and I was blowing duck calls with him and yeah. hammering down that was just a great night
1: dude I wasn't you know it, it amazing because I know absolutely nothing about duck hunting or duck calling or anything and it's weird because i I, like i've never even asked like hey chad take me duck hunting sometime or teach me what to do you know what i mean i love doing my part of the hunt which is you guys go out kill cool shit bring it back to me we clean it and cook it you know what i mean or i've just got a bad meal ready for you a great meal ready for you guys when you you know get back from being out in the field or in the blind or whatever you know and to me that that's the fun part of it is um you know i enjoy like i you know i've i was able to harvest uh a hog with a crossbow with Dudley a year or two ago. That was fun. Um, some different things like that, but it's like uh, I'm going to actually go up in October, and uh, our buddies at the Bearded Buck, you met you know, you know, you know Jerry and Cut, man. Those fun dudes. Awesome. Um, you know, J-Rod's kind of, he he had a little knee blowout. Hopefully he uh, gets to feeling better, but we're doing a, a one-week academy up there. Um, not really for first-time hunters, but just people that, like I haven't hunted in forever. So it's like, you know, you get to go up there and, and uh and go up there and hunt and get certified and all that stuff. So that'll be fun. Take a dough out of there, hopefully. Um, so it should be a good time.
0: You all you did some cooking with Kid Rock in camp too. I remember the story of the Axis Deer.
1: Yeah, man, that that was a crazy one. Yeah, the first Axis deer I ever cooked was for Kid Rock at his house in Alabama and a little bit of nerves on there. And he loved it. Yeah, look at this look at this good looking dude. Clay Belding coming in joining oh, wow. us at the table.
0: Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. So you we went through the brisket we went through the ribs we did both cuts of meat last night the asparagus right. are a given because i mean the asparagus was you i, I give me a little props on my asparagus you did, and your, bell
1: asparagus, you, you did your asparagus and bell peppers on point son huh? yeah and the only thing what would you do that you had a little butter over the top of it the bell did pe- you do any olive oil or a little
0: tiny bit of butter and then i did uh, the rocks I'm telling you, dude, that rocks is my staple,
1: dude. It's my go to. Yeah, I, I love it on that. I love it on uh I love the veggie rub too by Traeger. Yeah, I just the veggie rub's good. Finn and feather's good too, if you need something to go on some uh some some veggies <laughs> mm-hmm. from Traeger. Um, you know, one thing I'll the one other thing I'll throw out there, if you really like asparagus is um, and if you like kind of nutty flavors, you can switch it up and instead of olive oil, use sesame oil. Yeah. Um and and that'll give it a little bit of nuttiness to to kind of go with that uh that asparagus. Or I do it on Brussels too.
0: Oh, God, don't even get me started on Brussels Spots. They charred
1: Brussels Spots on the Traeger? Oh, shut the door, dude. That
0: and. The oyster bed.
1: The oyster bed's I'm bad. Not yeah. kidding you, dude. Yeah, you 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 got me a couple of those, and I've done I've, I've done oysters. What I love about it is now you can just buy the pre-shucked oysters. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So you right just in go jar. in and buy the buy the jar of oysters. Yeah. And you drop them in there, man. You got your par You can do Rockefeller. You can do whatever Anything you want. want. Florentine. You use oh, that. Dude.
0: You use that rub or that 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 mixture sauce that, 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 that comes, comes with, with it. them. Yeah, yeah, it's the delicious. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the parafangs. Mm-hmm. It's called the parafangs. It is
1: the freaking. Or as they say in Louisiana, Power Rands. Power you Power Y'all ever been down here in the Ponchico? Yeah. Y'all over... I, I, I love cages. I, Well, While we're talking about that, I do got to give a quick shout-out to uh, Eric and Moe over at Journey South Outfitters. Uh, we did a media trip, me, Remick, uh, the guys from Bad Fish with Traeger, and um, and we went out there, dude, and we slayed Red Snappers, man. Oh. And then Eric does... Uh, so Eric, love about Eric is, you know, Moe's the captain, um, Eric's her her husband and uh dude's a classically trained chef. So you get back, dude, and you eat like and for me, the guy that's always gotta cook, like I just got to go fish, drink and eat. Yeah. I dude, I was a fat kid in a candy store, man. I was happy. Yeah. Why and, would uh, he be? and so but Eric does these things, so he'll he'll obviously fillet the red snapper, but then he takes the collar. So from where the fillet starts all the way up to the neck, dude. Throw the fillets away. Really? Those those. Oh my gosh! The collars have so much flavor. And what's this place called? Uh, Journey South Outfitters. So they're right there in Venice, Venice, Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, Venice, Louisiana. Great folks. If you're ever looking for a trip to to go out, and uh, we we were going to go out the next day and uh, try to get into some some big fish, but the the weather was a little rough, so we went out and uh, caught a couple of redfish. Um, But dude, if you're ever looking for good Louisiana fishing, they're they're a fun time. Nice small little lodge, great family. Uh, Reed and Juan down there—they're hands, two funny, funny dudes. Good, good to hang out with. But you yeah, have anybody's ever looking for a badass fishing trip in Louisiana? Hit up the folks at Journey South. We've worked with them for for years at uh, at Traeger and just really, really good folks. And, and you definitely get a lot of bang for your buck. Do those invitations come in the mail, or did I not? Did it fall out of you my? Want in next, you want it next year? You want it next year? Well, hell yeah! All right,
0: does a one-legged duck swim in a circle?
1: Yes. Okay, I then think, that's the yes. answer okay. to your question. Perfect.
0: That's why I asked that question. I answered your question with a question.
1: Yeah. And and it's and, and the good thing is it's uh it's your it's your slow time of year. Yeah. yeah. Which is when? When it's not foul season? Which is like when do you go on this trip? Uh we just went on it about a month and a
0: half ago. Oh, I'm in then. Yeah. I'm gonna bring my daughter. Yeah. I want her to catch a freaking snapper. Yeah, maybe
1: George too. I
0: oh, get Brett down there. Yeah. He'd get seasick. Oh, really? He, no, I don't know. Uh, I could just see him getting seasick and like running out of the dugout and get going the hell out of here. Chest to chest with an umpire.
1: Pine tar, <laughs> pine tart pine, pine tart tar chest bumping the uh, captain. He told the whole. <laughs> he told the whole story on the podcast. Tonight. Oh, I can't wait to hear! I missed that part. I was trying to cook a tomahawk.
0: I was like, oh my gosh, dude! I'm getting to talk to George Brett about the '83 game at Yankee Stadium. Oh, When Billy Martin comes out and says his bat's got too much plantar. But, you know, it's funny, though. The story goes is that Scherholz, the GM of the Royals at the time, which is now the Braves, Mm -hmm. who built the Braves dynasty in the 90s, protests the game. The Royals have to fly back to New York to finish the game where it left off. They give George Brett the home run back. It goes on his record. The Royals go back there. They leave Brett. They send Brett to Baltimore because they're going to Baltimore next play the Orioles. They said, we don't want you going back there. You're, you and Billy and all this, you know, the tension. So he doesn't go. The Royals go up there, end up winning the game. He gets the home run back, and it was all for nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was all for nothing. But, and dude, he, it's
1: a great YouTube video. And then
0: the best part of the story is that the umpire, McClellan or. Was it McClellan? God, uh, oh, was it? Was it Jim? Um, He's six foot four, 245 pounds. And George goes, there was a quote. This guy goes around and goes engage, speaking engagements now. And he says, I often ask George, I go, George, what were you going to do? I'm six foot four, six foot five. I have shin guards on, a chest protector. A I, mask. I have a mask in one hand and a baseball bat in the other one. But your bat, what are you going to do coming out of that dugout? And George is like, it's a fair question. <laughs> Dude, just just knowing that, how that, that was so humble. I mean, that that video of him coming, it was just like the 30-year anniversary. Uh, that was in 83, so how many years has that been? Is that 30? Uh,
1: 35, 36. Is
0: that 30? It was just the 35th-year anniversary? Did I, 30, did I, right?
1: What? How many years has it been? I don't even know. You said 83? 83.
0: 83 to 93 is 10. 93 to 2003 is 20. 2003 to 2013 is 30. So I bet you it must have been the 35th anniversary of it yeah. that just went by. I'm really good at math.
1: Oh, it took three of us here at the table, like all of our fingers and toes out, but I, we got it.
0: I think that's the best way to add up. I don't like calculators. Yeah, no, no, no. I like to really test my wit.
1: Yeah. I always, so, man, I just always got to focus on carrying the one. <laughs> you got to carry
0: <laughs> the one. So during that little sidebar there on George Brett, you mentioned the tomahawk. Yeah. Which is the a very intimidating
1: yeah it's a three pound piece of ribeye on a handle yeah it's on a it's handle. A, yeah. It's like a boat paddle yeah.
0: with a, one of the best pieces of meat yeah. that you cook and,
1: and, and, and for the folks out there you know tomahawk steak so where that's coming out of is your uh your bone-in prime rib so they're taking your your bone-in rib roast and instead of serving it and cooking it as a full bone-in rib roast they're leaving that rib bone that beef rib bone fully intact and uh and then just cutting it into steaks
0: that's all they're doing. Yeah. So, with the last part, they're 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 leaving it intact instead of leaving it intact,
1: right? And cooking it as a whole bone-in rib roast, rib or roast. prime rib. Then you're just cutting it into steaks.
0: Why are they so expensive? I mean, those steaks are yeah. anywhere from 100 to 145 bucks. 125 bucks. Why?
1: It, it's just, it, it's just the Cadillac of the meat. Just like why is a? I thought the filet mignon was. It, it is, but that's I mean that's for your petite, you know. You're, you know, it's just a smaller cut. If, if you look at price per pound of fillet versus ribeye, ribeye is still a lot cheaper, even the bone end tomahawk.
0: Okay, so now today, right, by George and I are podcasting, you're upstairs with Clay and Jackson rolling on this tomahawk. Yeah, did you do anything different to it, or are you no, gonna tell me the same? thing? Rocks and reverse there.
1: Hey, look, man, you'll find out I'm not the brightest, you know, sharpest tool in the shed, but so I try find to just make it
0: repeatable. And if you find something that works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes, sir. If it's broke down here, we'll fix I think Colt Ford had a line on a song something like that. But um, So that was just the rocks again all by itself? Uh, yes. That wow, it was good. That's delicious the fat content, the marbling yeah. on it, the meat up against the bone.
1: Uh, that, that that's your favorite. I saw you go over there and, and I, do a little slicing see, off the that bone. The difference was
0: is that I sliced off it, and usually I just grabbed that thing in Fred Flintstone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It.
1: Were, you, were you trying to be on your best behavior in front of well, George? I mean, it's
0: George Brett,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm in this. I mean, but dude, George, I think George Brett would have appreciated you gnawing down on Tomahawk bone. What, I mean, what, I, a, what
0: about that house? Oh, awesome, without, without giving away too much, mm-hmm. but dude, I'm talking
1: like from the so driveway. So thoughtful, so beautiful. Thought, then, out, right? It what what just... I loved though was is all the personal effects in it. That that one oh we, we gotta talk about that one painting. Oh that my god had, he originally bought. Babe yes, Ruth in the middle. Had Babe Ruth in the middle and like kid a, pictures like of a hundred so, Hall of Famers. So imagine a hundred Hall of Famers and what they looked like when they were eight years old.
0: It was like the sand lot with Babe Ruth in yes. the middle of yeah, it. Yeah. And George Brett's in the front row. Unreal. And the artist goes in and finds all these childhood photos, and Brett's at some gala or function or something, and this it meets this he artist. He said he was in Houston. Houston, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it I don't know what he was doing. He yeah. was an all-star game. Some or of something. them or something, yeah. And he sees this and
1: buys the original and then ends up buying like another piece or two from the guy. And that piece is, that thing is bad. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. But then, I mean, just such a, you know, the way the guy talks about his family and how much he wants his family involved in everything. Like, it's just, it was just a, you know, man, you were talking about it before we went, you know, on live with the podcast. And, you know, a lot of these times, like, you know, I've I've got to cook for a lot of people that I admired growing up and you worry, like, are they going to live up the expectations? Tell you right now, George Brett exceeded him at every level. You know what I mean? Just couldn't couldn't meet a finer guy. Is not he cool? Yeah, very cool.
0: And and that's what I'm telling. I told you the story about how we started getting close, and it was just follow me. Yeah. Took me in his office in spring training in, in Arizona, and next thing you know, we're going through hunting pictures and hunting camps and passions and and, and he, I, I don't know why he likes me. I know he knows why. I, you know I yeah. I like George, but. I'm not saying like we don't, you know, like why, I'm not saying like I don't understand why he likes me, but it's like he's 25 years older than me almost. He was my childhood hero and we've become good friends. Yeah. Like he's, I text him all the time. I know, I he's, call got
1: ton, him. he's got a ton of respect for you guys. I mean, he, the way he talks about it, y'all, I mean, you if you hang around him like I have for the last day and a half, I mean, you can tell he's got a ton of respect for you guys. He's badass, yeah. man. God, he's cool. Yep. And I get to go. And I know you get to hang out with him two more days, you son of a gun. I I got to fly out to Salt Lake in a couple hours. Well, let's text Jeremy real quick. And, <laughs> hey, so, Jeremy, taking the day off, hanging out, going and eating the steak. Speaking of stuff, Jeremy Andrews is oh, a oh man, scot. Jeremy Andrews, great guy, man. What a what a fearless leader of Traeger Grills, man. And what what him and the the team have done and with the brand is is unreal. But yeah, man, Jeremy's one of those people that you know I've said, Chad. You know, over the last three years, an employee of Traeger, and then two years before that. Um, as a as an ambassador for him, um, I've never worked harder, but I've never been happier. And when you've got a leader like that with that great direction, that's always just motivating, and and you know, and, and, and giving the opportunity to go out there and help grow and build this brand, um, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I like him. I got to spend yep. some time with him a couple months ago. And yeah, I was when out we there. were all out
1: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That wasn't the launch. What were we doing then? No,
1: we were just out there. That was, uh, was before Denny left us.
0: And it was the Independence Party.
1: Yeah, yeah. Trigger Independence Day. Which is the this is that, not that, 4th that, of July. That is not 4th of July. It's the day that uh, we took 100% ownership from the old regime. The old regime. So
0: to end it today, you did the chicken. yeah. Now, the chicken we you know, I've always said it. Best chicken you're ever going to eat. It's off the trigger. Besides fried chicken, Hattie B's, because <laughs> Hattie B's is my favorite.
1: And that's because he hadn't been to Gus's yet. Ooh, but gonna, they're like 1A, 1B. Like, it, it, it's close, bro.
0: So with the rubs now, you have the bird mm-hmm. and the blazing bird, which yep. I want you to change the name to
1: Firebird. Yep. Which is cool. But um, what's, what is a chicken rub consist of? Um, chicken rub, you know, I always say when when, you, when it comes to chicken and pork, they're uh, they're pretty blank canvases. So on the chicken rub, you know, obviously on the regular bird, you've got a little bit of heat in there. Mostly, uh, you know, I always tell people when you taste heat, um, there's different types of heat. So so like black pepper, that's going to be more the back of your tongue. You kind of get it later in the bite. Um, so we got a little bit of that heat in there and then some savory and a little tone of sweet. Um, I like a little sweet when it goes with chicken, just because it's kind of a blank canvas. Just rounds it out as a good flavor profile.
0: So, what is the difference? That what is what makes the bird blazing? Besides, you know, you got the bird and then the blazing bird. What is that a secret?
1: One, it, it's literally one seasoning.
0: Really, cayenne pepper?
1: Nope. It's called crushed
0: red pepper.
1: Nope. It's called peri peri
0: peri peri.
1: It's what KFC uses to make their. Their only difference in their original recipe, spicy, is they use peri-peri. Really? So I figured, shit, it's worked for the colonel.
0: How'd you know, how'd you find that out? Don't you worry, man. Inside information?
1: Man, dude, I got the Colonel on speed, dial.
0: Really? Which <laughs> no. one? Norm McDonald and or the original? Or so many comedians? Not the creepy
1: one that's out there right now. Good Lord, yeah. that new Colonel that KFC has been. That they guy, change
0: him over too I fast. I know.
1: That, that guy gives you nightmares, dude. I like
0: Norm McDonald. Yeah. He was a good one. Norm was good. Do you like KFC? Is it a good chicken?
1: I, you know what I have? You know, I've been on the keto thing, but I bet I haven't had KFC chicken in 10 years. So- but but right. I did eat a lot of it growing up, and I liked the way that they're spicy was not like beat you over the head spicy. So that's why. What about Popeyes? Oh, that, that that's my. If I'm gonna eat commercial chicken, but why? That's what What
0: makes Hattie B's or Gus's what? so much? What what makes them better? What makes that better than than ha, than Hattie B's? I mean, what does makes Hattie B's or Gus's
1: better Man, than it, Popeyes? It's just, it's just the seasoning. It's like how. How stinking crisp it gets, and and it does.
0: And it, is it just the way they cook it, the temps that they cook it at? Uh, temps they cook it at. The oil that they
1: use. We got a little bit of a
0: deal going on here. Yeah. Hold on one second, Tom. We're gonna have to break this at. Um, 141 on the clock, so that'll be the second break. So, what makes it so much different as far as, uh, you know, if you take a Hattie B's or a Gus's, why is it di- why is it better than a Popeyes?
1: A lot of it, I, th- I think, it just boils down to the, you know, so, some of these people are taking and they're marinating their chicken. Um, obviously, the the breading, the 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 um, temperature of the oil. The cleanness of the oil, all those really just make an effect on how good a fried chicken is. So
0: you you would say that there's no way that, or in a blind taste test, there's no way that you're going to choose Popeye's over Hattie B's or a Gus's?
1: I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. No way. I'm up for the challenge. Popeye's is awesome. Popeye's is great, dude. I love Popeye's. Love that chicken for Popeye's. I just don't.
0: I just. I guess though, because I love Hattie B's. I absolutely freaking love. I just love Nashville.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. What a great town. Why? Why is it the music? It's the music. It's the the vibe. I mean, it's one of the. It's the fastest growing town in the southeast right now. A hundred people a day moving there. Um, I just. I just think it's a cool vibe.
0: I. I'm going to say some a little bit more on it. It's the people, yeah. the food. You can walk into any restaurant any time of the day or any bar and see live music. Yep. Covers originals. Yep. The nightlife's amazing. The, the the hunting and fishing around that area are amazing. The tourism is growing like crazy around there. I mean, Nashville is my joint.
1: Yeah. Right there with you.
0: I, I was texting with Bobby Johnson today, the guy that has, has the whiskey band and yeah. the palace and, and, and all of the scoreboard and all that. He I sent him a package of foul life shirts and, and some jargon shirts and hats and I was he sent me this text and he would have thought that I that I donated a kidney. Yeah. That's how thankful those people yep. are and appreciative. He's just like, brother Anytime, and I'm just like, dude, don't worry about that. This is IOU. you. you yeah. know, you guys are always covering for us and always hooking us up with whatever we need down there. When I say covering, I'm not saying that we participate in illegal activity. I'm saying that we are logistically we're messed up a lot of the times, and yeah. he's always you know covering for us and making shit happen. Yep. That's that just makes our life so much easier. We're in Music City, USA. Speaking of Music City, USA. What about our boy Leith's new record coming out?
1: Uh, dude, that's awesome. What's the date on that?
0: I'm hoping in the next two weeks.
1: Dude, that's killer, man. Clay, Leith. do you know?
0: Do you know it at all?
1: No, he didn't know the last date for the final vocals with Brandon because...
0: Oh, Zach Brown was back in the studio, you know, getting his new album laid down, and obviously that's going to take precedence, but Leith is close to being done.
1: That's awesome. Leith Lofton, man. man. What a great guy.
0: And Leith, is they're mixing that in Southern Ground. Brandon Bell, the producer, it's going to be bad to the bone, dude. That'd be good. And you know what song's on there that I just found out about? I don't know. Always Just One Whiskey Away.
1: (laughs) Great tune, man.
0: because the band started in. How does it go? Come on, help me out. Because the band... I did, too. Got that looking good, feeling good. Fe- no, I got that looking good feeling. Come on. Dang it, man. I'm, I've only heard it
1: once, guys. Oh man, I got
0: that looking good, feeling good. I can't even think of the freaking lyrics right now. Text Leith and tell He's sleeping right now. Yeah. He's got to be sleeping. Because the band started in. The whiskey did, too. Got that looking good, feeling good. Oh, man, One Whiskey Away, dude. I'm talking like is a badass song. That's awesome. I love it. I'm so proud of him for
1: doing it finally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, what's your favorite song that you've heard him sing? Oh, man, what's the uh, what's the one he usually always finishes with? 50 Years Too Late? Yeah. Money All Gone? Uh, money All Gone. That's, one all I I like. that's yeah. the theme song. That's the theme song for the—
0: What you gonna do when the money's, the money's all gonna... gone. I wonder if people are getting tired of hearing that on The Foul Life. I right? don't think they are. This life ain't for everybody.
1: And so go ahead and just blow up Chad Belting's DMs at the Foul Life TV.
0: At the Foul Life TV. I need to start getting p- pumped up by you more. I need some more tags and stuff by Whiskey Mint. All right. I can work on that. I want
1: six daily. Damn, dude. What's Jeez. Wrong with that? I only post once a day. Really? And that's not a good day. Even in stories? I have stories. I'll try to get out. Like, if I'm doing something cool, I'll try to get out there and, uh, and post pretty well. So you can you... Just maybe give
0: me a little love? Absolutely, man. you like, this is like the duck, duckiest, well, and I'll, I'll cookiest, I'll, cookingest?
1: I'll, I'll tell you what, I think, uh, if you don't mind, I've, I've gotten down into the uh, 3XLs now, so I'm, you want to send a little foul-life package my way, I am even wear some shirts around, old boy. Ooh, look at that. Return the favor that you've done for me for years.
0: Old boy was originated in Arkansas by some duck hunters. I've heard it around Arkansas. What are you doing, old boy? And then Tim Montana goes down there and hears it, and you guys started an apparel company. (laughs) We
1: did. How's it doing? It's doing pretty well, man. We got we got some. uh, We just did final approval on some uh, some more shirts and hats today, and it's fun, man. And and it it literally came out of. um, He called me like two days before Christmas this past year, and he's like, "Hey, man. He's like, you ever realize like when people text you?" after they've hung out with us for a couple days, I'm like, dude, I have not quit saying old boy for two days. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, why don't we do something with it? And I was like, sure, man, let's do it. So, well, it makes sense. Yeah. So, no, it's been a lot of fun. And Tim, man, is is such a fun, good guy to hang out with. And How do I get some of this? I'll tell you what. We'll get you some. I of that want the, the
0: blue hat with the white rope going across, okay. the original one.
1: We got a few of those I mean, left in stock. It. We can get you one.
0: Ship it out tomorrow.
1: I'll get with our fulfillment in the morning. Can we expedited
0: on overnight? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: He pushing.
0: I won't be there until Friday. Are we out of beer? I don't know. Oh, there's other ones in there. Bud Light. I don't know. Huh? No Bud Lights. Those other guys, those Cardinals fans came down and took it all.
1: Oh, after beating us tonight? Yeah. Oh, after the Cardinals beat the Royals, Anheuser-Busch
0: Cardinals guys. There's, there's Stella. There's
1: Bud Heavy. No Corona
0: there's stella stella artois dude
1: huh, it's awesome stella's fine i'll take a stella a stella yeah
0: hi i would like to order a uh, bud light we are out of bud light well give me a
1: stella wow, and then it just sounds... i think kurt
0: russell's on their new commercials nah, really i freaking
1: love him dude kurt russell wow it's Throwback. throwback
0: freaking love it what why the other day you made a comment about the energy of a jason aldean concert is, yeah. it, is it because you know all of his songs or are they all sing along songs or why are you so jacked up about, I know that you like him because you cook for him, but you love his music, right? Yeah. What, what, is he bro country in your opinion?
1: Um, I, I, you know, and, and I'm probably the wrong guy to ask cause I'm probably am a little bit, uh, I, I probably am a little bit, uh, biased cause I, I do like Jason. I just think, you know, him and his crew or. They're just great folks, um, but I think if you look at the majority of his songs, they're they're very upbeat. You know what I mean? And he's got a couple slower ones, you know this and that, but um, just I, I don't know. And his energy in the concert, just like like him personally in the band, like. I dude change his shirts.
0: See, so you're more into the rock because Jason Aldean's a rock guy. Rock, yeah, he yeah, was originally yeah, a rock yeah, guy. Yeah, he comes yeah. in, he's very country. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but he, he's he is a is more of a rock show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I would agree. Not to say yeah.
0: that his lyrics aren't awesome, but my style is going. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for that, but I like a Jamie Johnson show yeah. to where it's country. It's Merle Haggard. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and I love that too. Though, like I I like that a mixture, old school a little balance. George yeah. Jones, Merle Haggard. You know Hank Williams Jr., you know Johnny Cash, that that kind of vibe. I mean, I love that. We, um, we saw
0: Hank Jr. last week.
1: But you you you, you was briefly amazing. mentioned that to me. Was, he was amazing. Still? Oh, still,
0: he's seventy, and it was the best I've ever seen him. I've seen him like three or four times in the last five years. Saw him in Alabama with Lee, saw him in Nashville, saw him at NRA in Atlanta. He, he tore it up the other night. Well, well that,
1: that's like, to me, man, you know, hanging out and getting to know Billy Gibbons through Tim Montana, dude's 68 years old. So ZZ
0: taught Billy Gibbons. Yeah. You've you you you've gotten to know him good. Like, so say to get he's 68 years
1: old. 68 years old, man, and he just still thrashes, man. It, it It's amazing, and he just... I went with that guy, you know, we we we've hung out some Boise, Nashville. And um, the one thing I would say about him is and, and obviously, I mean, he's one of the most recognizable people in, the beard. in music, you know what I mean? And he treats the first person that walks up just as good as the hundredth person that walks up that night. That's awesome. And another thing I think about it, his age, it's so funny. It's like, hey, Mr. Gibbons, can we take a picture? He's like, Yeah, let me get your phone. And he takes the selfie. Really? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it, it's, unreal. but, but like, like classy. He like has his own stationery in his jacket pocket. So he go in an autograph, pulls out personalized stationery, signs it, asks for your name. Like, yeah. Just, no just way. A, yeah. Just, I mean, rock star of all rock stars.
0: Wait, you were in Memphis or no, you were in Nashville with him once, mm-hmm. right? And that's when you saw him. Yeah. That's when you saw him act like this in public. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was great. And then we went to uh, a couple months later, they were playing out in Boise and uh, did a did a little joint collab with Snake River. And uh, we cooked him up a nice Snake River lunch. there are at uh, 13th Street Grill because they use Traeger's there. And, uh, yeah, and so he came over and, uh, and then got to go see where every guitar he's played since 1979 is built. It's 10 minutes from where we had lunch in Boise, Idaho. Really? Yeah. In Boise, huh? Boise, yeah. Do you remember the name of the company? I don't. Um, that me not being a music guy, but I don't remember the name of it. But it was a, uh, and and Billy tells the story. He's like, yeah, he's like this. Fella brought me a guitar when I played out here, and just wanted me to try it. He's like, and I played it and played it and played it again. Six months later, I called him and said, I think I'm gonna let you make me a guitar. That's pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. God, he's awesome. Yeah, he's What's great, your favorite ZZ Top song? Oh man, it Lagrange. Got, Lagrange, it's got to be Lagrange. I mean, just the. The tone of that song. Dude, you may have the worst day in the world and LaGrange comes on. Oh, my God. Do yourself a favor. Look
0: look up the Jamie Johnson version on that ZZ Top Tribute album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie did LaGrange. Killer. Oh. Dude, Jamie Johnson's King Midas. Dude, he's so awesome. He went. He came out on stage with Chris Stapleton last week. I don't know where they were, Baltimore or somewhere in the Northeast. But Wow. And I'm obviously like, please let this be the sign of the future of country music. Let's get back to yeah. Let's get back to the basics of love. But I'm just saying, like, could you imagine a collab, collab by those two oh collaboration by those two? Be unreal. In my opinion, Jamie Johnson arguably has one of the best voices of all time mm-hmm. in country music,
1: and Chris Stapleton not just a great artist, one of the best songwriters. Oh, both and of country them. music, both yeah, of them. both of them write all their own stuff. It's Jamie, amazing. Jamie wrote. Give it away for George Strait.
0: Yeah. He's written lots of big hits, but gosh, that old,
1: old song he's that he's not he's not far into the game. Give it away. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that but
0: that had to be what? Ten years ago? Two thousand yeah. Oh Jamie's dude, Jamie's forty now, and Jamie yeah. I mean, in color was over ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's true. Over ten years I mean when he put out the dollar, that was well over ten. That was probably fifteen yeah. years ago. And then he got Fair over really. Nashville and, and he's amazing yeah. and the way that I look at it is like if you look at who has the respect from their peers every person from Christofferson to Willie to yeah. George Strait to ZZ Top to Merle Haggard all of them invite Jamie Johnson to do duets to sing on the yeah. tribute albums to play in the band
1: and that's the ultimate respect
0: Charlie Daniels at the 50 at the, at the volunteer jam this year Jamie Johnson sat in the entire deal they said you're in, the, in every song you're in every wow. song so I mean that shows me like, yeah, he's not putting out number one hits like they did. But it's like, who, does it really matter anymore in radio? I guess it does. It makes you some money, but it pisses me off that that's what it's judged on. Because I look at it like, Jamie Johnson is three albums in, maybe four albums, yeah. and he's the best. I think he's the best country singer of all time. I'm not taking anything away from Merle or Waylon or anybody, but. I, I don't and I don't know if you're that big of a fan of him. You should be. Him, I, I'm being a, from Florida and yeah, he's from Alabama, yeah. but
1: a very very big fan. That's a strong statement you just made, old oh boy.
0: Well, tell me who's better.
1: <sighs> See, for from, me, you, you can only pick like 3 people. George for, Jones, Merle that, Haggard, and, and you just hit the, you, you hit the first one right on the head, like Really the possum George Jones, well just George Jones when him and Timmy Wynette were married, live lived 10 minutes down the road from where I live right now, 20 minutes from where I grew up. So now you're back to the biased opinion. Um, I mean, I never got to meet him or anything, but I just, I've always, and, and, and I would say the only, but I mean, man, just so many, you know, who's going to fill their shoes? He stopped loving, I mean, he stopped loving her. Today. I'm Isn't a better I, country I am music not song? going
0: off of hits. I'm not going yeah. off of hits. I'm talking voice. I oh, understand yeah. the, the possum you can't do it he's Conway Twitty's got mm-hmm. 55 number ones George George Strait's got over 60 Ronnie Millsap.
1: Yeah Ronnie yeah
0: 39 Brooks and Dunn Ronnie Dunn yeah. can is a songbird of his generation Did you about to drop
1: some Oak Ridge Boys on me
0: too I love Oak Ridge Boys but Kenny Chesney's got like 35 number ones yeah. now Uh you talk about I'm talking voice. Yeah,
1: when no, he's, he's, he's got an amazing voice. That morning, sun made
0: it. way. When you hear him do that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that's an amazing. He, so he, how did you how did you get hooked up with him? And did, he talks the same as I met uh, uh, his manager back in 2009 through the foul life, and um, what he brought me out to California. No, the first one was. Bridgestone Arena Jamie opened for kid for Bobby mm-hmm. it was amazing and then
1: I went out to the rock star dude that's a bad Jamie Johnson opened for Kid Rock that's oh, he did a, a
0: bunch in his career but dude, that's a
1: but that's a that, that'd be a badass kind how, how good was that? I remember concert? the Country Music
0: Awards when Kid Rock hosted it and he goes yo Look at that man right there, and Jamie Johnson. The light goes on, and Jamie Johnson's standing at the microphone with his guitar, and he's all, "Let my let my friends sing for you." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do remember that, Grandpa. What's this picture here? Yeah. It's all black. But anyway, and then it went to the Rockstar Music Festival out in uh, California, in in Palo Alto, Los uh, San Francisco area, and I got. That's when I really got to hang with Jamie, and then it just started growing from there. And then his tour manager, Wally, is is a great guy, and. Just been fishing and 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 doing the deal with him. Went to his golf tournament again last year in September, and that's where the John Daly connection comes in. His ah, through Jamie Johnson. Ah, I mean Randy Hauser and and Dallas Davidson. Jamie's just got the respect of Dude, everybody. I like need
1: to have a Triggerton out there cooking
0: at that golf tournament. I'm going to talk to Jamie tomorrow. <laughs> let's. I I'm going to write a note right now to call Jamie Johnson tomorrow and say, let's let Traeger come out and do that in October. But y'all are probably too booked. Depends on what it is. It's in October. I think it's the 5th and 6th. Weekend? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Commit to it right now. I, I can't commit Come to it. Come right on. Jeremy <laughs> Chad Ward's <laughs> committing to it? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be bad. To That'd be bone. fun, though. It'd be fun. It would be. And then, and then like, auction all the grills off. Mm-hmm. You know, for for the... He he does the Nicky Mitchell Foundation, which is an awesome charity, and he does a lot of events for it. Dude, just do yourself a favor and go... Just go on Apple Music or whatever your source is, and just put it on Jamie Johnson. And don't fast forward through a song. Even his slow shit, you're like,
1: it's soulful. Wow. It's oh, soulful, oh, and, 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 and it sounds amazing, dude. You're just and like, there's a
0: song on this album, the lonesome song called "The Pla- A Place Out on the Ocean." That's your song. It's about Florida.
1: Sweet. Just listen it to out. it.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: I got hey, I got a two and a half hour flight to Salt Lake City tomorrow. I just throw it on some Jamie Johnson and. Let it rip, tater chip.
0: So when you got these rubs, you you come up with this one called the old fashioned.
1: The old fashioned is, is
0: this because is this named after a whiskey
1: drink? Off yeah. a whiskey band. Yeah.
0: Oh, I just guessed that. Yeah, that I no was idea. that was
1: that was where we were going with it. Um, you know, that was our first rub we launched. Um, and, and and it's it's I love the rocks, but I think the old fashioned will probably always be my favorite just because it's the first one. It was kind of the the birth of the the rub line. Um, and so much going on with that. You know, you can, like we talked about, you can put it in whipped cream last night over a grilled peach, or you can make amazing pork with it. Um, it actually scores real well in contest on chicken. Um, peaches. Yeah, peaches. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And and then, you know, it's good on some veggies too. So it's, it's, it's an interesting rub and I, I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the one that started it all.
0: But. Is it really a rub
1: Chad? It's a seasoning, it's a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> so why 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 does it taste again, it's hard talking to rub guys because you don't want to get let anything out of the bag of what's in it but is it something that is it can you put it on beef at all?
1: you, you, you could. I would probably put it on a like, like I've done it before on like a skirt steak for fajitas or a flank steak and it's pretty damn good. I actually did some jerky with it too, um, that I, the, some beef jerky that I really liked. On um, beef
0: jerky. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We can't talk about that. We work with Jack Link. Yeah. But I mean, you ever you ever had Jack Link? I have. I eat it all the time. You do. Especially,
1: yeah. I always keep three to four bags of Jack Link's beef jerky in my backpack since I've been doing this keto thing. Just so if, you know, obviously when you get on an airplane, they have no keto based snacks. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to kind of fend for yourself. So if I get hungry or whatever. I always pop you eat out peanuts in. on keto. Uh, no. And Southwest doesn't serve peanuts anymore because of all the damn peanut allergies.
0: Why can't you eat p- peanuts on keto? A little too high
1: a carb count. Carbs and peanuts? There's no yeah. carbs in peanuts. Dude. We'll go get a bag of planters right here from the pantry and I'll show you.
0: Clay, will you just, you don't even need to bring it over there. Will you just go grab one and look and see if there's carbohydrates and peanuts? I'm saying there's none. Is there really carbs and peanuts? I'm pretty damn confident there's carbs and peanuts. I thought it was all protein. No, I'm and pretty fat. sure there's carbs. I thought it was all fat and protein. Do you, this keto diet is, you're, you, let's talk about your success with it. You're 30. down a, a buck 45. Yeah.
1: And what's your goal? Oh, uh, let's lose another eighty. Another eighty, and that—that don't mean I lost half my body weight. Everybody Good for else you, can do bro. the math. Out well, keep listening. it up. Are you working out? Uh, just starting to add that back in.
0: Well, I, I need you to do this. I learned this okay. every morning, no matter where you're at. You go on a twenty to thirty minute walk. Yep. No matter where you're at. Okay. And practice your systematic breathing in through your nose, out, out through, through your, your mouth. mouth. Well, I'm not oh. saying it. Just change it up for a second. I understand out through your mouth, but go in through your nose five seconds hold it for five seconds and then breathe out through your nose for five seconds and pace yourself to where you can do that. Breathe in for four steps, hold it for four steps, breathe out for five, whatever you need to do. But start, start really paying attention how your cardiovascular improves off of that and this isn't me trying to preach to you, Chad Ward. Probably I, helps
1: your lung capacity a lot, huge. I would think. Well, that's yeah. what I do
0: for duck calling and goose calling. Oh. And swimming helps a ton. So I don't know if you have access. I and got a pool. And every Florida house has a pool. Yeah. Get in your pool every day and start swimming without br- t- bringing your head up. And just go five strokes, six strokes, with holding your breath, and then letting all your breath out. While your head is still underwater, right? Mm -hmm. And taking some strokes and just have confidence in your breathing. Anyway, that I really feel like that's a big part of, of getting, getting started on a, what would you call that? A regimen again of, of, of getting confidence in your cardiovascular and your lung capacity and your breathing, breathing, breathing is
1: key. Uh, Huge key like yeah.
0: boxers with a mouthpiece in learning how to breathe yeah. you always hear announcers always oh, breathing through his mouth he's this ain't good he's tired learn how to control your breathing yeah and it's it's helped me tenfold i'll definitely tenfold. do it man you gotta exercise dude yeah you got to freaking exercise because these keto diets and all this shit the way i see it is that if you ever break if you go back to eating oh, like it, a man it, and, it, and you it, have it, your lasagna and your sushi with rice then what happens yeah you know, that's the scary
1: part of that yeah, shit. For sure. So you gotta
0: mix in that
1: well, lifestyle and, and, part. And honestly, my my thought process, Chad, is like I was just at such a place where I really needed something to get everything jump started.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um,
1: I so I, I think I'll probably run this diet another eight, nine months, and then really try to transition and just to more of a healthier just eating and, and working out lifestyle. You know what I mean? And then maintain it that way um what about what about what about
0: alcohol consumption where Um, do you see that because it's a big part of this this industry it's it's, it's what what you do
1: and i think with you know i'm a i'm a tito's and soda guy um and and that's not too terribly bad as far as from a carb point of view but obviously everything's in a little bit of moderation
0: yeah but as far as the metabolism part of it. It's a depressant still.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I mean, it definitely slows things down. I mean, you can, you can watch the scale. It's if, if you're out on the road, you've been entertaining for four five, six days. Um, and you've been having drinks every night. You see it on the scale. Now when I'm home, when I'm home, Chad Ward at my house, I rarely drink. Rarely do. Yeah. Rarely. And, and, and so when I'm at home for a week, I see my results two, three X then compared to when you're out and and obviously you know how it is it's late nights you're entertaining and this and that but no there's definitely a difference i mean alcohol definitely is not your
0: alcohol is when
1: when it comes to lose terrible
0: to put in your body yeah i ain't gonna sugarcoat it like it's fun you know what I mean? It's fun. I, I love socializing and hanging out with the boys and having a cocktail or a cold beer around a campfire at duck camp. But here's the deal, dude. You you go two, three weeks without putting alcohol in your body and you wake oh up. Oh, my gosh. Your cells, your skin, yep. your, your your elasticity, your flexibility, everything feels better, dude. Oh, for your, sure. Your, your cognitive thinking, your equilibrium, your balance, yeah, there's no doubt that it affects your body wholeheartedly. But I'm not saying your occasional glass of wine or your occasional cold beer but if mm-hmm. you're consistently putting it into your body which all of us are guilty of well, I'm not going to sit here and say don't drink because I, I, I love it I yeah. love having a good time and I don't get out of hand yep. I don't want to be the guy that gets sad when I drink I don't want to be the loud mouth when I drink I don't want to be the fighter the UFC uh, badass yeah. when I drink I just want to have a you know a Two good feet little, a good little time yeah, I just yeah. want to chill out so I, I think that cutting a lot of that out but here's the deal is how do you do it Look at this! I'm not kidding. I just got this picture. We just talked about the package he got today. And he's standing on Broadway in a foul like that <laughs> That's Look so how awesome. happy he is. Look at Bobby.
1: That's so awesome, Bobby
0: Johnson. We're talking about you. God, look at that guy. He looks like he's di- he looks like he's lost a few lbs, huh? Has he? Let's talk to him. <laughs> this is Bobby J. <laughs> Chad was right
1: on the carbohydrates.
0: Is it? How many coins? Oh, and was right with the peanuts. Or me or Chad? That Chad. Just Chad. No, that little
1: bag has nine grams. Wow. Peanuts do have carbohydrates, guys. Chad Buddy. What if nuts do? Can you tell me I was
0: right? You're right. Peanuts are not nuts. You know that? Whoa. Hey, this is Bobby Johnson. I missed your call. Leave your name and number, and I'll get back to you. You remember this, Bobby Johnson. Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) You don't put Chad. You don't put Chad squared in a corner, boy. Never put put baby in the corner, corner and
1: never put the fanny pack in the corner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, tell me about my fanny pack. Talk, try to talk smack. Even, even George Brett's son's like, damn dude, I ain't saying nothing. That you bringing mad. it
1: back, dude. You're bringing the fanny pack back. Yeah, I just can't believe
0: we don't have a banded fanny pack. Clay always talk. Clay's always shaking his head. He knows he wants to get him, but if he put one on now, yeah. he would just be like, just right, you know, just following Chad because
1: I, yeah. I see you're the, setting I,
0: trends, bro. I set trends. Setting trends. Yeah. What do they call that? Trailblazer. Yeah. Huh. Dude's all over it. Huh. Huh. So. Moose last night was funny. Mm-hmm. Did you see his facial expressions when I was blowing that duck? Oh, golf? yeah,
1: that was crazy.
0: He was like, Is that really what you're supposed to do? Like, and I don't know. <laughs> hey, I've the, been doing it wrong my whole duck hunting career. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, if you're, if somebody asks you to barbecue for them, you're not going to half ass it, right?
1: No, 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 absolutely not. You, they're there, they want that experience. So you got to go all out. You know what I mean?
0: Did you, do, when I, you hear me do that, do you think of like, Show off or no.
1: I I just think you're I mean both of us have built careers around our talents. And when people ask you about it or they, they want to taste your food or they want to hear you do a duck call, dude. If if you if you don't give them what got you here, then you you've kind of you've you've kind of gypped them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no, I don't look at it as showing off. I, I think it's cool as hell.
0: And I hope that they buy some jargon calls.
1: Yeah. So so tell me about that. I've been curious. Let me ask you a couple questions. So, how, how did the whole jargon thing happen? That's one of y'all's brands. What, what you know? So, obviously, duck calls are that—that would be like me saying, "Hey, I cook on Trigger, but I don't have pellets." You know what I mean? Right. Like, so you got to have the calls. Yeah. But um, so so tell me how those products developed and what got you guys well, into that in the beginning. Of Banded
0: Banded started with a uh, an apparel company and sh- you know shirts yep. and hats that we did in two thousand eight, so hoodies and stuff like that, and then it kind of transitioned and matured into a duck uh, game call company with two short read goose calls and a duck call well we when we started growing bandit and started putting the capital investment behind it we soon found out that that game calls were not our strong suit right Mm -hmm. we were an apparel company we were into waiters we were into tops bottoms bibs jackets whatever it might be and we gave up that that whole facet or that whole avenue of game calls because a uh a uh custom call shop has customer service let's say that you wanted to call you wanted to call up and order 12 calls and and have mm-hmm. the whiskey bent logo engraved on well we didn't have that going on in banded so we went you know four or five three years or four years of, of of diluting the banded calls line we i get approached by this guy named chris Cifrio, and he's got this call design he's like hey i just want you to try it it's different. I've been working on it. Um, I'd like you to use it on your show. And I just kind of kept playing it off. Like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I got a relationship here. I got a relationship there. And then finally I said, all right, I'll try it. I met him in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, two, I don't know, maybe 18 months, 24 months, two years later, I get a phone call in Atlanta. He's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. I want you to try this. And sure enough, I met him and I took these calls and I started running them. And I was like, Damn. They're different they're good they're ducky mm-hmm. they they they're they they transition easy they're easy to operate they're different i wanted to disrupt the market yep. you know when when you do uh when you grow a brand you want to disrupt the market which is
1: something we know about a trigger a whole bunch, yeah, yeah
0: disrupting the market and and so i i've had this name forever i learned that name in 1993 when i was in college which i'm aging myself but when i was at unlv i had a professor tell me you baseball players are always out there just cocky ass guys talking your jargon and spitting your tobacco and i'm like jargon i I guess i gave my professor a redneck voice he didn't have a redneck voice in uh, in vegas that that,
1: that redneck (laughs) but he's like y'all
0: he goes you guys are out there talking your jargon and all this stuff and i'm like jargon well the jargon means the specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people yep well think about it have you ever sat in a cockpit on a private plane yeah and you heard the pilot talking to to air traffic control yeah you don't know what the hell he's saying you're like
1: what I got yeah. a head at two six eight five three uh, exactly, and, like, oh,
0: well. and then you take that and you're in an operating room with a surgeon. Mm-hmm. People in everyday America don't understand that shit, and 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 that's the thing is that it, you can be at any anything in life: baseball teams, wrestling teams, cheerleading squads. They, they say stuff to to where you're like, huh. Think about it. Well, you, even barbecue guys, barbecue we, we, guys, we,
1: spatchcock, money muscle, this and that, People money want, muscle. Yeah, like, yeah. what does that mean? Turn yeah. in box. You know what I mean? Like, like that's you know, jargon. Yeah, 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 exactly. And
0: so, in in hunting, the different levels is what really intrigued me, because in barbecue, you speak that to another barbecue enthusiast, mm-hmm. and that's where it stops. You don't talk to your grill. You program your grill. He's a robot, mm-hmm. especially the new Traegers. They're literally freaking programmable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. That's where it stops in hunting, duck hunting. There's different levels in duck hunting because you speak it. We get to duck camp and I'm like, hey, Chad, did you get the, did you get the blocks ready? You got the jerk string ready? You, you, got, you got motion? You got the auto jerk? You got the, you got the dog stand right? Well, what's a dog stand? You he stand on his back? No, it's a whatever. And then you take it a step further and now you're speaking jargon to your dog. Yeah. And it's a totally different jargon than you're speaking to your hunting partner. Yeah. Sit, watch, heal, fetch, whatever. And then you take it a step further and now you're speaking a to, the under, to the animal, yeah. to the wild duck through your call. So now you got three levels of this specialized vocabulary, which I think that's very intriguing it and is. very important. Then yeah. you can literally talk and, and have convert, you know, conversation and dictation and everything and passion in your voice to your, to your hunting partner, man, I love this chat to your dog. If it's a, if it's a long retrieve, Duff, oh, Axel. Well, you know, you use the inflection in your voices so they know what's going on. And then with ducks, you can stand on it. You can be quiet. You can close them. You can chatter. You can do this. And I just was like, man, that's a perfect name for a call company. Is it like, think about
1: it. I like it. I I, I definitely, I I like hearing the background about that. That's, that makes a whole lot of sense.
0: And so then I just started thinking the marketing plan and initiatives of this is like, let's build a community, Chad Ward, of getting back to talking. And what are we doing for the last two hours right now? We're sitting here and we're having a conversation that we're actually looking each other eye to eye and talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. And in, in what is what is America gotten away from?
1: Oh, conversation. I mean, just sitting down and, and having a conversation or. Picking up the phone call and even having a conversation if you're not in the same room. You yeah, know what I
0: mean? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is yeah. that you, if, you, if you think about how people have got into instant messaging and text messaging and all of these easy ways to get their message out to somebody, we've gotten away from just everyday conversation. The old school guys, they still meet at coffee shops or bars, oh, yeah. and they talk. And I'm just as guilty of it as anybody. Yeah. We're always on our phone. We're always freaking wondering what people are liking or what people are posting and what people are thinking. And who gives a shit? That's really what I think is like. It really comes down to can you have a conversation from across the table with somebody? Yep. And that's the way. And that's what jargon meant to me is that I want to get back and build a community of people or callers or something that will you know be more evident in in the space of hey, we really care about the time we get to spend in duck camp. We. Really care about the people that we get to spend time with in duck camp. We really care about the 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 time we get to spend with our dog, and we really care and have compassion for the animals that we pursue. Absolutely, and and all of that combined is jargon. Like it, it, it's like this whole reach of. Communication and dictation and transparency and honesty of like, hey, let's put it all out there. Yeah, and that's what duck camp means to me. That's well, what dogs mean and, to me. That's what ducks mean and, to me.
1: And, and, and you bring up something that that I love. You know, you talk about you know duck camp being a special place, but I find that with almost all hunting camps, you know, most of them are remote. You don't have a, a, a great amount of cell service, this or that. But man, they're just so fun. E- even when I'm just there, and, and the guys are out hunting, and I'm just there it's so peaceful. You're sitting on the deck, you got some food on cocktail and just listening and seeing nature like that to me, like I love those trips. I really do.
0: There's nothing like it. No. And that's where, that's where the, 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 the roots of the brand came from is like, there is a different sense of, mm-hmm. of communication that goes on at hunting camp. And, and, and meet Mitch made a, uh, a comment tonight. when we were sitting there watching the game at Kaufman, he goes, that's just like golf. And I looked at him and being a dick, I was probably a dick. I go, no, it's not. Well, what do you mean? And I'm like, it's not even on the same level. Well, tell me what you mean. I said, dude, I just, I'm just telling you, golf's a totally different thing of, and I get, maybe I don't golf enough. I guess maybe if you're in the car, dude, I, in golf with me, I'm so pissed off three quarters of the round all the time because I suck so bad. Well, and
1: then you're in and out of the cart every minute or two. You know what I mean? So it's not yeah. like you can sit there and have like a full on, like deep conversation and get to know somebody. But he
0: says that he gets to know like a lot of doors open. I get that. I, oh, it, I'm sure maybe I'm biased. Ne- it's great
1: networking. Yes. But I don't think, I would never say golf is the same experience as spending three, four days in a, in a hunt camp with somebody. No way. You know, or duck
0: blind for duck, one day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's amazing what you get to know. So anyway, jargon is the specialized vocabulary amongst the group of people. And it makes so much sense if people get back to that of learning Yeah, jargon. Don't be superficial about it. Yeah. Where a good salesman, you can be, yeah, I know a little bit about a lot, which that's how I am in a lot of instances. Like, I know a lot about skateboarding, but I don't know how to skate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've yeah, taken yeah, so yeah. much, I have so much, like, um passion for skating and extreme sports that i'm like man i want to learn about this yeah. same with wakeboarding same with surfing same with bmx and motocross and and karate and mma and and boxing you know like i i know enough to get me by to where i can sit here and have a conversation with you about mike tyson or muhammad yeah. ali or sugar ray robinson or sugar ray leonard or kelly slater the surfer tony hawk or bones brigade or pal and and vision and rob rosskopp and santa cruz skateboards and i just think that that that's kind of how my mind works. So, diction, vocabulary, vocalizations, um, the conversation, yep. the jargon always meant something to me. No. It always meant I always took pride in being on a baseball
1: team and oh, understand, yeah.
0: understanding what the signs meant yeah, yeah. and what the jargon was that the coach or the other yeah. players were talking to me. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a cool aspect of well, life.
1: Well, it was it was fun just sitting there with George tonight when I was inside a little bit when you guys were outside and we were kind of watching that uh, Flaherty the pitcher from the the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, he was telling me, you know, the guy's painting and, and any of us that play baseball know what painting means. He's Mm -hmm. hitting, he's hitting his corners. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? And, and and that, that kind of just stuck with me. So he wasn't in the dugout,
0: dugout, changing the color of the wall.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) But you know
0: what I mean? Jargon in baseball means totally something totally different. Like, he's painting the corners, which he's like, what does that mean? That's just like a simple stroke across the corners, and it's not in the fat part of the plate, right? That's what painting means in baseball. Yeah. And that's awesome to me.
1: And it means means that nowhere else, (laughs) you know?
0: And that's why I think English— I've heard this, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I've heard that English is the absolute hardest language to learn for foreigners, like as opposed to us learning Japanese or Chinese or, and I know there's different dialects in Chinese in, in, in Asia, you know, Italian and Greek and all these different German but they say because of our verbiage and the way that we put sentences together and the way that we talk and, this, and the, the words that we have in our vocabulary that mean, that are spelled the same and sound mm-hmm. the same and have totally different meaning make it very difficult to learn the language. Have you guys heard that? I have, yeah. and And I think that I think that that's why it's so cool or important to, to become a good talker, yeah. a good speaker. I think that there's a lot of pride to be taken in that.
1: It, it is, and I mean, it, it's one of the things in my profession that I... I love the most is I love teaching. And I believe to, to be a good teacher of, of whatever it is, you know, barbecue, duck calling, whatever, um, you've got to be able to get your point across verbally, you know? Um, and the other thing, I think this comes from a lot of our sports background, and we're both, I think, guys that do a good job at it is, is also I take a lot of pride in being able to be motivational, you know what I mean, to, to be able to rally the troops, to be able to, th- that type of thing. Create
0: engagement, create yeah. momentum, snowball effect. Yeah things like that that's very absolutely it's very important and i think that that's why you have the ability to attract the crowd and and go into a situation like we just did in the last 36 hours and say hi to zach brown and say hi to george brett and say hi to john daly and really you know leave an impact to where you and george are going to hook up next month in florida and hang out at some lake and you'll be cooking for him again yeah absolutely and that doesn't happen if you're not impactful sure
1: I completely agree. If you don't disrupt
0: the market, if you're not impactful, that you don't get invited back. Well, you
1: got to be memorable. How many people does George Brett meet? I mean, you, you know saw I mean? it. You saw it today. Yeah, like, and, you know, So, so it, it's, and that's one thing my dad always said well, you know, when
0: we got there. Hold on, let's hold that. When we got there, and he walked out on that deck, yeah. I literally was watching through the glass. He goes up, and he makes conversation with a 12 year old that's wearing a George Brett jersey. He goes, well, "Who's what names on the back of your shirt?" I know that's what he's asking because mm-hmm. it's a Brett jersey, number yeah. five, little kid, eight, you know, 12 years old. Guy goes, George Brett. And his mom looks over when he's talking to him. She goes, I could read her lips. She goes, Holy shit. And she's reach, <laughs> she's reaching for her phone. And then all three boys get up and they're taking a picture with George Brett. Yeah. And I'm like, that is unbelievable. That's to me. A, awesome. It, that's cool. So your dad what?
1: No, he just always said be memorable. You know what I mean? Just
0: indispensable, man. You you don't want
1: to be replaceable. Yeah.
0: Even though everybody is in a way you just, you want to leave your mark. You want to, you want to be memorable. You want to be impactful. You want to create engagement. You want to be passionate and show people like you really want to be there. You really are engaged in what's going on and you don't, you're not going
1: to go through the motions. But, but I also think too, that's what, that's what the, the position me and you are in and getting to do what we love for a living it's second nature you don't have to think about that it's not a job you know what i mean yeah it's it's not a job yeah we we have you know people that we have to answer to whether it be bosses sponsors whatever but you know it's when you do what you truly love it it, that all that engagement and all that that stuff is just second nature to you are
0: speaking of engagement the the success of the launch of the new Ooh. grills and we're going to end this conversation with with the new traeger launch and the new yeah. offering what is the d2 power system
1: so the d2 power system a couple of things there so we um, we noticed in the old design of the grills for the last 30 years we uh, we used AC power and when you use AC power you um, the, the fan and the auger had to run independently so you couldn't run both of them at the same time so one thing we always do at Trigger when we look at innovation is we look at we almost use a blank sheet like nothing nothing's off limits let's, let's see what we can create and so Michael Colston and our amazing uh, innovation team came up with well what if we take AC power convert it to DC and we can run the fan and the auger independently um and then why don't we take and put a brushless motor in there so that we know we're going to get a gazillion revolutions out of these motors without having any support issues so all that to tell you this it means your grill gets to temp quicker and it recovers once you've been inside of it with the lid open quicker
0: and if you personally you can personally validate this i can
1: personally validate it so can i about 25 to 30 percent, in my opinion a lot yeah which is key, very key. Now,
0: you on the new offering, there's three series, right? Yes. The Pro, the we've Ironwood, the, and the Timberline.
1: Yep. So, how many Pro models are there? Uh, we've got so we've got the 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 Gen One Pro model, which is the 22 and 34, which we've had you know for years. And those are still offered. Those are still offered. Um, then we've got the new Gen Two product, that's a Pro 575 and a Pro 780. Um, one thing you'll notice difference when I talked about the Gen One, it was a twenty-two and a thirty-four that was barrel length. So now all the new grills going forward, the number at the end is the square inches of cooking space. Cooking space. Yeah. So, so there's five hundred and eighty-five square
0: inches. Five seventy-five. Five seventy-five. square inches on the Pro five seventy-five. Yeah.
1: Seven ninety-nine. Really. Price point. And then seven ninety-nine is what the is what the five seventy-five is. Yep. And then nine ninety-nine, you get the Pro 780, 780 square inches. And then we move on to the Ironwood. So we noticed when we had the the old Pro Series and the Timberline, we had a big jump. It was about a $700 jump between the two models. So we said, what happens if we take the Pro and the Timberline and we make a baby? And that baby is now known as the Ironwood. Um, Fits right in the middle. The Ironwood is the baby of what? The Pro and the Timberline. They had a baby, and (laughs) that's kind of what happened. So you've got insulation on the ends of the barrel. You've got Super Smoke on Ironwood. You can get to five hundred degrees on Ironwood, um, and that's an Ironwood six hundred and fifty and an Ironwood eight hundred and eighty-five. 11- Again,
0: being the square the square inches. Space.
1: Yep, eleven ninety-nine for the 650, six hundred and fifty, thirteen ninety-nine for the eight hundred and eighty-five.
0: So now on this Ironwood series is the is the 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 construction of the walls different because i've heard you say that there's more insulation There's yeah. more
1: insulation in the Timberline but you've got insulation on, on, the, the on the ironwood the, On the ironwood you've got insulation on the two sides of the barrel and not the lid in the back. Why? Um, just from a price point point. It is a view. price
0: point yeah. because that's going to make your price go up when yeah, you have the insulation. Exactly. So then you move on to the timber Timberline which yeah. there's two
1: models there. Two, two Timberlines you got the 850 and the 1300. Um, 850 checking in at 1799. And the thirteen hundred checking in nineteen ninety nine, um, and those are full insulation, so door sides whole nine yards. Um, that's got a pellet sensor in it. So when you connect your all all of these grill models, all Gen two grill models have Wi Fi technology. So when you connect your phone to your new Gen two Timberline, it gives you alerts. You've got fifty percent of pellets. You've got twenty five percent of pellets. So there's a pellet sensor in there. Along with super smoke, Wi Fi, um, all the other great features. Do you have a favorite? It's hard to beat that. That's hard to beat that Timberland 850. The Timberland 850. And, but, but I also love, love, love my Ironwood 885s at the house. Really? Yeah.
0: So, a guy like you that's cooking for a lot of people all the time, why do you not take the 1300?
1: Um, I, I like the 1300. If I'm cooking for a big group, I will uh, use it. But it's obviously a bigger grill space, which means it takes more time to heat up. Even with the D2 technology, I can get an 850 up a lot quicker than I can at 1300.
0: Really? Yeah. Because of the just because of the size of the barrel yeah, inside. Exactly. And the last question I have for you on the new offering is this: When you go to Home Depot and you go to Ace and you go to Costco or any other dealer, is it? Is it something to where you should do your homework first on the grill, or are we going to be able to go into these retail outlets and learn about the Traeger innovation and everything that goes into these grills as opposed to the competitor grill sitting next to it, whether it's gas or charcoal or another, another hopper or yeah. the green egg or whatever it is? Um, I almost feel like I just cussed. I almost <laughs> so is 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 it, are there qualified personnel selling these or what's the best way to go about
1: buying the Traeger? Right, you know what, we, we've got a great sales team out there, and they do a lot of uh, personal trainings with the personnel at the stores. Um, obviously, in some of your bigger box stores, you just have a lot of turnover. It just it just happens. It's kind of a nature of the beast. Um, I feel like at any of our big box retailers, you can get you know good service, and people are going to be able to talk to you a little bit about the grill but I definitely think you should hit up triggergrills.com and then also when you when you go there you can you know do the dealer locator and yes more you, you can definitely get good especially at Costco we've got our brand ambassadors out there they know those grills from A to Z um, Ace Home Depot we do a lot of training with those go, with those guys in every single store um, but yeah you you can do some of your own research at triggergrills.com and then obviously you've got people like me that own specialty shops that are just 100 percent barbecue focused, and you can go to the dealer locator and find those type of retailers too. And um, and we level we we so we have platinum, gold, and silver rankings for our dealers. And so when you go in there and you say find a dealer, you put in your zip code. If that thing's got a platinum star next to it, you can be dang sure you're going to get great service and great education. And that's when important. you walk in that retailer. So important.
0: Yep. So, what are you most excited about? We're gonna end this like this. This has been awesome, dude. This has been awesome. What yeah. a great time awesome oh, Amazing, amazing. Zach Brown, George Brett, yeah. meet Mitch, yeah. John Daly. Yeah. Snake River Farms brisket. What's the name of the steak? Buffett. Buffett. You got the tri-tip. Yeah. Peaches. You got the. You got the short ribs. They had the peaches and the cream. Peaches and the cream. Def Leopard pours some sugar <laughs> on me what was the name of the spare ribs what's the, the, the
1: uh short they call them pork short ribs and what is the what
0: is the the the, the pork line called
1: uh carabuda.
0: which curabuda. is like the wagyu of pork yep i think it's from spain but don't i mean test me on that check me up on that then we had the tomahawk ribeye yep today we had george brett's chicken yep. we had asparagus and bell peppers the only thing that we have not talked about but and then we also smoked the onion for george brett's yep. baked beans that him and jackson brett cooked what about the bread
1: Bread was good, man. That was a Chad Belding creation right there, man. Bread was good. What'd rosemary. you do that bad what'd you do that bad boy? A little rosemary. A little baguette, right? You started with the baguette? Yep. I sliced it.
0: Because a baguette, you kinda of slice it the long way and yeah. you get it, it's just so I sliced it into slices, probably a half inch each. And then I went olive oil, drizzle. And then I went rocks, drizzle, just a tiny bit of shake of mm-hmm. rocks. And then, I, and then after I had, had that on there, I took rosemary, and George was helping me, and he was pressing the rosemary into the bread, and then we took a tiny, tiny bit of Parmesan cheese mm-hmm. and laid it over the top of that, and then I'm talking like a one, like a centimeter, two centimeter little slip of butter, and put on that, and then we... F- had, so we had all the slices laying down, then George stands them up and puts them all back in the shape of the original baguette loaf, and we wrap that in foil real tight and put it on that timber line at Sounds 300 good. degrees for 8 minutes, 10 minutes. People are like, I, I watched a couple guys, and don't tell people I saw this, but I saw two people last night sneak bread, like actually steal bread off of people's plates. Damn. I saw it last night twice. Wow. I'm not kidding you. I was like, are you kidding me? You gotta watch people, You man. just stole people's bread? You just snagged bread, bro. Wow you know so anyway that mixed with podcasting with George Brett seeing Zach do that show in 41 in front of 41,000 people at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado being in Minnesota and working with our awesome family Eukanuba Sporting Dog Food and hanging out at Game Fair meeting all of George Brett's guys I mean it was oh, so man, cool it was last the night cool cats. never sat down once never had a plate no. never had a fork never had a knife it we all, sliced yeah. it on a, car, on a on a cutting board and ate it with our fingers and then we Facetime John Daly, yeah. who's a legend. He texts me tonight while we're at the Royals game and said, "Send me Chad Ward's address. I'm sending him a bunch of loudmouth golf apparel. Give me his size. You got him your size. We're getting him a grill." Yeah. I don't know if you could have a better life,
1: dude. I'll tell you what we've we've done we've done well, Mr. Belding, the last couple of days. How fun is it? It's great. And then you man. got
0: Clay who comes in here and he's, I, I mean he's try, he's trying to help cook. Yeah. What he should have did is done magic tricks. Yeah, I did. Card tricks. Have you seen him do them?
1: I've seen him. Have you? Yeah.
0: Really? Good. He's pretty good at them. Yeah. I think we should. That's start. the Reno in him. It's the Reno That's in the Vegas. That's the Reno right? in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty solid at him. Yeah. Well, buddy, I, I wish you the best of luck. The success is well-deserved. WhiskeyBentBBQ.com. Whiskey Bent Barbecue on Facebook and Instagram. You're kicking ass with it. you got a store. And we've actually been talking about maybe maybe mm-hmm. moving the store a little bit around the country. On that yeah, another one. One thing that we need to do is get Tim Montana to actually come do the podcast he's an interesting kid yeah we'll have
1: to hopefully you can get to that ski, that celebrity skeet shoot he's I'm, doing october I 1st i
0: got a big planning day tomorrow yeah, I
1: mean, we can uh, we can do it's stuff. gonna be hard for
0: me to plan tomorrow when i'm in a when i'm in a utv with george brett yeah. and clay riding around a duck club i know drinking a cold beer looking at america the way it's supposed to be looked at, uh, right? The back brother. roads buddy yeah the back roads you yes. know what i'm talking about oh, disconnected yeah, absolutely. get unconnected you ever heard of it get yeah. off your phone I'm just as guilty, man. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. We got to figure this out. We do. We should do this. We should do a push-up for every time we check the gram. No, we should do 50 push-ups for every time we check the gram. I'll never check it. Every (laughs) (laughs) You ought to. Chad Ward, whiskeybentbarbecue.com. Thank you. Zach Brown. Thank you, Chad Payne. Thank you, the city of Denver. Thank you, Coors Field. Thank you, the Colorado Rockies for the hospitality. Thank you, Yukanuba, Thank you, Minnesota. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, everybody with our family at Yucanuba up there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the event was. They're actually stationed out of St. Louis, where the Yukanuba corporate office is. And then... Kansas City what can we say the Kansas City Royals Kauffman Stadium George Brett meet Mitch Jigger Goose uh, Parker McCollum's dad his name is Mitch Mc- no uh, Mark McCollum M-A-R-C McCollum just a uh, Andy, all of George's kids. We got to
1: thank Tony too for hooking us up with those sweet tickets tonight. Hooking oh, George Tony, up to thank you, you
0: so much. I mean, everything has been unbelievable in yeah. Kansas City. Getting to Traeger and Cook and being at George's house in his backyard and being there till midnight last night and standing around and then sitting down and podcasting with number five, Mister Kansas City himself, drafted in the second round of the nineteen seventy one Major League Baseball draft. Then he makes it to the major leagues less than 24 months later and has a 20-year career with the same team. Amazing. Same team. Same team. Yep. And he did it all. One World Series, Silver Sluggers Awards, three different three batting titles in three different decades. Lifetime – Gold B- Gloves Awards.
1: Lifetime so. VP of Baseball Operations at the Royals.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's his job. That's his, that's what it literally says on his business card. I love it. killer. So I love it. So today's episode, again, was brought to you by our friends and family at Traeger Grills. TraegerGrills.com. Check out the new line, the new offering of all of the different grills they offer in three series like Chad just touched on tonight. You have the Pro Series, the mm-hmm. Iron. Series and the Timberline series, all with the up the new and improved D2 power system. Get to know it, educate yourself on it, make the right decisions. If you have any questions, go to traegergrills.com, type in that inquiry or that information box and, and get the answers that you want from the team. They got a great customer service base. Today's episode is also brought to you by Whiskey Bent Barbecue. Check out Chad Ward's new line of rubs. I'm talking the old-fashioned, the rocks, couple new mixtures of the rocks coming up soon. Yep they're coming out quick we also got the bird the blazing bird which you might change to the fire bird because that name's so badass <laughs> and today's episode last but not least is brought to you by our friends at elk ridge Knives. i love the way that they help us throughout the season they keep us sharp stay sharp america whether we're butchering processing cooking in the kitchen whether we're skinning a coyote a bobcat on a on a on a trapping trail we depend on elk ridge evolution knives and all different forms from their saws to their, their fixed blades, to their folding blades, to their machetes. Everything they do, we use to build blinds, to cut meat off a bone, to prepare it in the kitchen. ElkridgeEvolution.com. Find them at ElkridgeEvolution on Instagram. Support the partners that support us. This has been another awesome episode, in my humble opinion, of the podcast. This life ain't for everybody. Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue. Thank you so much, my brother. Dude,
1: thank you, Chad. It's been a great couple of days, dude. Thanks for your friendship, and uh, we love working with you.
0: I love you too, brother. Tom Rashishin, hit that button.
1: Leith Lofton, written by Leith Lofton
0: himself. Look for his new album coming soon from Southern Ground Studios at Music Row Nashville, Mr. Zach Brown. This song is written by Leith Lofton and Drake White, What You Gonna Do When the Money's All Gone. Tom, take it from here. Thank you all very much.
1: the money's all gone Say life owners won't last that long What you gonna do money's all gone mm-hmm.